Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, early afternoon, man. Welcome to the last and final round, man. I had to condense lesson 11 and 12 together. Uh, so this is the grand finale right here, man. Lessons 11 and 12. I don't even think I'm going to have enough room to take callers. So y'all going to have to take some notes here, some really, really, really good notes. 
go back in the archives. Um, was there is there. I actually had my son start working on taking a lot of that old stuff down, um, and we're eventually going to condense it all over into uh, available MP3s for you, but not in the near future. Um, so it's not there, just bear with me and whatnot. All right, but of course, visit the website myastrologycoach.com. Click on the events tab. Um, register for the spring equinox. Uh, we'll be in New Orleans and whatnot. Man, Magical City is the big, easy magic tour. Uh, we're all day Saturday. We're just going to tour the city Sunday, take you up to a sacred spot uh, where we can do some spiritual work and get grounded, get centered. All right. So this is going to be a phenomenal time as usual, man. I was doing a recap Last night, just looking at all the places we did, and, you know, from Sedona in 2012 was off the hook, man. Sedona twice, and North Carolina was in the middle. Uh, we did Atlanta this year. Well, 2013, we did Atlanta, Stone Mountain, Etowah Mound. Um, we went to Charlotte, did an amusement park, went to Grandfather Mountain there, um, Ended that with St. Louis and then Cairo, Illinois. We was at the bottom with the Mississippi and Ohio. We we did been the Serpent Mound, Newark Octagon, Mound City in Ohio, Moundville in Alabama on the Black Warrior River, which is interesting because those mounds actually lines up with um, the pyramids down in Cobra, Mexico, exactly to the degree. Um, so that was some powerful energy that was there, man. Um, Grand Canyon, you know, we, we, did, we didn't did it, man. So you want to jump on in, come on in in New Orleans. Uh, I can't wait till that's out the way so I can let you know what's going to happen in the spring, I mean, in the summer and the fall. Um, so you just you get ready for some high elevation is all I can tell you. Um, but just visit the website, My Astrology Coach. Click on the events, man. Let's make it happen. Also, February 16th, if you can get to the Columbus, Ohio area, man, get there. I'll be live in the building. Uh, I'll be doing this um, presentation called The Jewish Ransom on Black Power. Phenomenal um, presentation that I'll be working on. Part of the reason why today is the finale because I have to start working on this stuff because that's next month. Uh, But that's going to be off the hook, man. I'm going to show you the importance of why you perceive these, why these people perceive Jews perceive to have all this power, right? Uh, and then also getting, you know, I'm a celestial guy, so we're going to get up into the sky and show you what's really rocking out upstairs um, and, and, you know, what, what to get into, man. Um, <clears throat> so that's going to be phenomenal. And then right back on the 23rd, Aline Bay, the great doctor, Aline Bay is going to be here uh, in Columbus, and I'm going to meet him there, and we're going to do the, um, uh, he's going to do the Law of Attraction. All right, the science of manifestation, and I'm going to break out the seven bodies of light and show you that that law of attraction that he's talking about is your human aura that's generated inwardly from your soul and how this aura has a color. And now once we can identify a color, we're now dealing with spectrums of light. So now if I can get you on the spectrum of light, uh, there's a tone because color is nothing more than vibration. So there's a tone that corresponds with that vibration, you see, so now once we know that tone, um, we can start getting into the sonic healing, the sonic aspect of what needs to take place um, down here. And I'm going to get into that on the back half of the show once I run through these, the uh, House 11 and House 12 
because it's something that's very important to me that I want y'all to understand that deals with your lens of perception down here in this reality, man. Uh, this reality is very interesting, and I'm going to show you how astrology is actually an oxymoron. It's a contradiction in itself. However, it is absolutely true. So, again, what appears to be false is actually true, and what's true is happy is false. Saying that to say, like, um, in the Kabbalion, they talk about how all truths are but half-truths, and all paradoxes can be reconciled. So it's saying even a lie is half-truth, and even the truth is just half-truth, because based off my perception, it may not be true to me. You understand what I'm saying? So then truth and reality becomes in the eye of the beholder, and it's all based off your perception. It's all based off your mental apparatus on how you process things, events, all right? <clears throat> so it's very important that we understand that, and I'm going to get into that. Um, click on the radio tab on My Astrology Coach, man, because we have a lot of stuff that a lot, just a lot of the schedule is starting to get busy. Uh, to give you a general idea of what's taking place um, um, on Tuesdays, it's, it's, it's the um, tarot. I call that Tarot Tuesdays with Keisha. All right, so I think she's up at 8 p.m. Um, Eastern time where she actually gives um, tarot readings and give you some information about tarot, start educating the people about tarot. Um, tarot is really a biblical science on, on law. It's talking about the law of rotation. It's a different, it, it, it's a color way of, of describing the, um, the zodiac, all right, because each tarot sign, each tarot, each tarot card actually rules, um, um, falls inside of a zodiac sign, and you have a few of them that do this, all right. Um, so tune in to that because that's going to be highly educational, very fun and rewarding, and you can actually, if you're one of those lucky callers, you can get a free reading. So she's 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. And then Wednesday mornings, for all of you that love to get readings, uh, Wednesday morning, this is mad early at 8 a.m. East Coast time. Um, that's the Cosmic Grove uh, with Brittany. So you want to tune into that, and she goes in and talks about all of the celestial science that's going in. Um, so you can call in Wednesdays. And then Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Conversations of Virtue with Cassandra. Um, that's up and popping and, you know, phenomenal conversation. And she gets into the crystal healing component of uh, which you need to work with and ground yourself and become more connected with nature's uh, raw elements, these stones and whatnot. And if y'all hear my birds talking, they're talking because I'm talking. So they, they do that sometimes. But um, so just tune in to my astrology coach. You can click on the radio tab so you can see everything that's popping. Mark your calendar for January the 30th. That Thursday at 9 p.m. is when the three wise men, the three kings, uh, Minister Jew, Sheikh Ahmed, Muhammad, and myself, who I call uh, the mystic, the sheikh, and the high priest, we be back together on January the 30th, 9 p.m. And the conversation is called Language of Marriage. Um, this is going to be very, very interesting. Um, I got a surprise for both of them, a little they know. Uh, it's just going to be very interesting to have some dialogue, man, to give you an idea. Uh, I ain't going to even say nothing, man. Just, just tune in. If you missed the last show we just had on the 16th in the archives, man, go back where we talked about um, ancestral worship, the importance of it. Is it in the Bible? Is it in the Quran? 
where is it in your in your in your chart? What's the importance of it? If it's important at all? So it was a phenomenal show. Getting a lot of positive feedback from that show right there. Um, very interesting in the dynamic of it because um, Jew is a Gemini, so he goes first. Air sign. Uh, Sheikh is uh, Libra. He's an air sign, which is the second air sign. And then I'm of course Aquarius, which is the last air sign. So we got like this last airbender energy jumping off. Or what I call get your gats out, get your gat, which is the grand airtron. We form a celestial grand triangle of information, and that's what air does. And um, even when me and the prime minister over at hiphopastrology.com started studying some of the best MCs, we saw a um, we saw a common denominator. Some of your best rappers ever to do it are really air signs, uh, whether they be Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius. They're air signs, and then they're mutable. Uh, they're not an air sign. They, they usually fall in the mutable modality, such as Sagittarius, Jay-Z, Virgo, Nas, and Jay Electronica. You know what I'm saying? They'll fall in the mutable. And mutable energy is the most versatile because it comes at the end of the season, and at the end of the season means that I am getting ready to transfer my energy over to somebody else that starts a whole new season. So cardinal signs don't do that. They receive energy from, from the last season. Fixed signs definitely don't do it. They stay in the middle of a sign and selfish or what we call stubborn because they just preserve the energy. The season is in the middle, so it's just an expression of cosmic sun rays is what it really is. And then the mutable signs say, oh, I'm at the end of the spring. It's getting hotter. I'm going to pass it over to Gemini says, I'm going to pass it over to Cancer. Cancer say, I'm going to start the summer. So Leo's in the middle of the summer saying, I ain't going nowhere. Then here come Virgo at the end saying, okay, the season's about to change, so I'm going to go ahead and give it to Libra. Libra says, okay, everything's about to fall down. So now the autumn comes, the fall equinox, nature starts to regress, the leaves start to fall off the trees and so forth. But everything is really about an expression of solar energy down here in our reality, and I'm going to prove that today. All right? So tune into that show, man. Mark your calendars for the 30th. That's going to be a phenomenal show. All right. Uh, also, Mac University uh, class starts February the 9th. February the 9th. If you need some help as far as a little bit of assistance and getting started with the tuition, let me know. Um, and just inbox me. You can inbox me at nobleampu, A-M-P-U, at Gmail. All right. Uh, and also hit up Ju, J-U-11, the words and the number 11, Ju1111 at Gmail. Let us know. But the course starts uh, February the 9th. It's a five-month course upon completion. You need to meet us out at the Inner Peace Lighthouse out in Colorado where the weekend graduation will be held in July. Um, and we do some, have some fun up there as far as being in the mountains and doing some things. All right. Uh, so phenomenal course. You'll learn Astro 1. That's on MyAstrologyCoach.com. Click on Learn. Click on the Associates course after you highlight Learn. Um, you'll learn Astro 1. You're going to Astro 2 with the Prime Minister, which will give you the um, insight on learning how to identify planetary angles, but most importantly, learn how to identify energy in the sky and how it relates to you, okay? Um, so phenomenal, man. It's going to be phenomenal. Once you finish Astro 1 and 2, you come on over to me for three months, and we're going to get into the realm of Kabbalah, get in the realm of prayer, get into the realm of understanding the very basic constructs of the 22 Hebrew letters, which is said to correspond to the 22 base amino acids in the body, um, start to activate uh, another portion of your brain, which is very, very, very important. 
and uh, I can't I can't tell you how much uh, the Hebrew has done for me. I, I really I really I can't even describe it honestly. Uh, and I remember a good friend of mine, Dr. Gibson, said the same thing about Hebrew. Uh, it's, it's a very phenomenal thing. All right. Um, so again, email me, man, if you need a little bit of help with uh, some financial assistance. As far as getting on, we work something out with you because class starts February the ninth. All right. Uh, also, what else we got, man? There's a lot of stuff going on, man. Stay abreast with us. Um, stay abreast with us. We got this uh, hiphopastrology.com. Got something that's currently in its final stage of editing um, called Kanye West on the Midhaven, which is a DVD explaining the star power of Kanye West. Um, uh, and what's going on from a whole different uh, analysis, man. So this, that's a phenomenal piece of work. And a uh, big shout-out to my man, Turtle Gang, who actually done the editing for me and whatnot. And you can probably look him up on Facebook or Google Turtle Gang, and he, he'll pop up Turtle Gang Films, all right? Um, so with that, man, let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, we're on Lesson 11, Healthy Living in Your Birth Charts, talks about your friends your associates. Um, it also shows you how to integrate technology in your life because it's the house of technology. And this is also the humanitarian house that deals with um, being, in, uh, being a part of a group that's about uplifting humanity. The zodiac sign on the house just shows you how you will go about implementing or how you will be a part of a group that's about social change. It will give you an idea of who your friends are and what their psychology is all about, all right? Um, so let's just line it up through the zodiac wheel itself. And also, in the Eastern philosophy, this region of space actually deals with profits when you make money not just, you know, selling something and getting your money back. No, profits when you actually acquire a surplus, a plus at the end of the day, get your initial investment back, but you run profits. This is House 11. This is a technique that um, I show in Solar Power 111 because, again, if we're dealing with when we're dealing with, when we're dealing with light, we're really also dealing with sound, all right? And it's very important in the beginning was the word, and God said, and God said, and he kept saying, and God said, let there be light. And God said, there's something important with the word that takes place here. And we got to get into that. We got to start to really understand that, all right? So I'm telling you, we're going in a whole different direction, which is part of me explaining the back half of this show. So let's line it up. Aries on the 11th. Whoa, this is friends that is about it, about it. These are gangster friends. These are friends that is about warfare and conquest for the call. Negative aspect is you beef with your friends because naturally it's ruled by Mars, right? Uh, for women, I would say that you have a, hmm, let's just say maybe a sexual passion with your friends. You're not going to run that, oh, that's just my friend. You ain't running that one on me, not what Aries ruling the 11th, all right, because it's a very passionate energy type of thing over there. Um, Again, very pioneering friends, friends that are not afraid of conflict, but friends that's not afraid to innovate because the 11th house is the house of technology ruled by Uranus, 
co-ruled by Saturn, but I like more of a Uranus feel with Aquarius because it talks about the weirdness. It talks about the extravagant aspect of thinking outside of the box. It is what we would call Steve Jobs. That guy had Mercury inside of Aquarius. He thought differently. And um, my man sent me the movie online, Jobs, where Aston Kutcher plays Steve Jobs. And um, it was just a phenomenal movie because he, the things that he would say, the speech that he read was such an Aquarian speech about change and revolution and not accepting the status quo. All right? So with Aries here, this is about pioneering and really initiating something new that better uh, fits humanity. Okay? Move over to Taurus here. I have this placement. You should have friends that got money. Where y'all at? You need to have a Taurus in your life. Oh, alley to my man, Coach Kair. He's a Taurus. So he's always talking money, 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 money about a ton, living that energy out. He's going to be my great friend in life. I want him to be my friend. Regardless of the square, sometimes I may can't see him clearly. That's what square does. But we have honest conversation, and an honest conversation stifles or get rid of any, any energy that could be there. All right? So... Taurus on the 11th represents groups of people who may have money, all right? Again, this is the house of profit, and these are just valuable friends because Taurus is the constellation of values, all right? So since this is the house of values, then you have valuable friends, all right? Um, you may have friends who you loan money to or these people loan money to you. Either or, or the best way is, to develop, obviously, some type of financial relationship with your friends. It's okay if you have Taurus here. Also, depending on what's going on with its planetary ruler, Venus, all right? And I'm going to get into that. See, it's part of the oxymoron of astrology because it's another factor that you got to look at that may say, oh, no, you better not, you see? And we'll get into that later. Moving over to Gemini on the 11th. Um, Gemini on the 11th, what are y'all talking about over here? Gemini on the 11th uh, represents friends who talk. Um, these are talking friends. These are friends that may uh, talk too much. But the high aspect of this should be friends who, um, friends who engage in conversation that's about a sort of like sad about mental exploration exploration and the reason I say that is because Gemini is a natural born teacher. That's why he talks so much. They're natural born teachers and learners. It's the fastest, quickest learning sign of the zodiac. Not gonna outthink a Gemini. Very hard to do. It's not impossible. All right. Um, so these are friends who um, talk. So these may be friends who you may not, cannot confide in because they're going to go run and tell your business. That's what Gemini do, talk, talk, talk. So if you got Gemini here, don't be mad because they told your business. That's part of your cosmic contract. Your friends talk, all right? This also represents friends who you can do short travels with, um, short trips. Usually they can be usually considered inside of the country, but these are just people who you travel with, all right? And this is excellent marker if you're part of anything dealing with telecommunications, anything dealing with technology and communications. Perfect. I mean, perfect, also depending on where your planet Mercury is, all right? Moving over to cancer in the 11th, your mama or your daddy or your grandparents or family are your friends, all right? These people probably have closer relationships with family members than they do 
um, friends, or it seems like their family are actual friends here. All right. Um, this is this is an interesting dynamic because sometimes parents may be like, I'm not. You mean, like your mama used to tell me, I'm not one of your friends. You know, your parents quick to tell you that I ain't one of your friends. You know what I mean? But there's a natural feeling here where this parent feels like a friend. All right. And 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 if they are a friend, or if you had this marker, you should really look at that because your parent is supposed to have this energy of a friend and possibly you need to repair the relationship and have a nice, good, solid friendship with your parent. It also means in friendships you nurture people. Energy is a two-way street. You're either doing it, projecting it, or you're receiving it. That's how energy works, all right? So you probably nurture your friends and you act like a parent with your friends. And some of your friends may be like, oh, Lord, she acts like she's my mama, or something about her or him that reminds me of my parent, okay? It's nothing personal. It ain't trying to do it on purpose. It's really a very loving, caring, nurturing effect, all right? Leo here is friends who are extravagant, friends who like to uh, show off, friends who come to the party late and show up. Uh, somebody got a email address or something called fashionably late. And I said this person has to be a Leo. Um, but these are, uh, this is great for friends, um, friends and children as well. You know, children are your friends as well with this combination um, right here. So this is someone who loves children, who can um, be around groups of children, all right? If you have this marker here with other strong placements, this is very strong for someone who does summer camps with children type of thing. So this is interesting. Uh, romantic interests are your friends as well and should be your friends. This is a classic homie, lover, friend type of feel. All right? So Leo here. Also, your friends can be bossy, a little domineering because it's ruled by the sun, or vice versa. You can be a little bossy and domineering because it's ruled by the sun. Similar to the cancer placement, Cancer is more of a mommy. Leo with the sun is more of a daddy type of feel of the friend. So Leo on the 11th could mean that daddy is your friend or you act like somebody's daddy in the friendships, all right? But it's a very loving, caring, romantic, plutonic friendships, all right? Um, Virgo here, friends who analyze you to death, uh, and they, they're just critical. You probably don't like these kind of friends. I wouldn't. I don't think I would like these friends. These friends are very critical, over-analytical. Uh, however, they may tell you the truth about the finest little details about certain things, all right? And they're probably analyzing all of your friends, all right? Um, but this is really about you and your friends here um, should be a part of servicing humanity, being a part of some type of... Virgo is the donation energy, whether it's, it's, it's either physically or monetarily. In this case, this is, this is working with humanitarian groups because Virgo is work, day-to-day -day work, and are helping groups have uh, improved their personal hygiene, simply meaning uh, this is a perfect friendship. You have great friends who work at the Red Cross type of field. You know, it's something about health and charity and humanity that all plays a factor inside of this, all right? Uh, are you, again, it's two-way street. You can be over-analytical of your friends, all right? 
Moving over to Libra, um, your relationships um, energy could be friends. This is good. I like this placement right here because the constellation that governs relationships sits in the area space that says, I like friendships. And if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, why not be uh, the best of friends, all right? The thing is, Libra is a little bit more traditional in relationships, and the 11th house is a little unconventional in friendships. Um, so this could create a little bit of attention, but you just got to understand the dynamics of the relationship and allow honest communication to flow as the 11th house is traditionally ruled by Aquarius, which is an air sign, and Libra is an air sign. So it talks about uh, communication. And air also talks about space, ether, okay? So some space may have to exist between your friendships, um, but the friendships really are very close partnerships. And Libra governs contractual agreements, so therefore this could be a business relationship. People are your friends as well, and you probably have friends inside of the legal system. Scorpio over here on the 11th house represents the most loyal of friends. Uh, they arrive for you. They die for you. These are friends to the very end. Let's prick our thumbs and become blood brothers and sisters on the spot with Scorpio on the 11th. Loyal friends, but this also could represent on an extreme scale secretive friends who are sexing your partner potentially um, or these are friends like Leo to a degree uh, and Mars with Aries. This is a passionate sexual thing with your friends all right, versus more of a relationship type of feel. But this also represents friends who are interested in what we consider to be the occult, the hitting, uh, the metaphysical sciences, uh, and also this represents friends who you can share money with. This is a perfect placement if you ever thought about forming an investment group, an investment club where it's X amount of friends who all pitching in towards um, investing you know, mutual funds, whatever. All right, this is perfect for that because Scorpio represents money being shared in the 11th house is friends. So share your money with friends. And remember, the 11th house, I told you, is the house of profits, making money. All right? Um, you probably experienced the death of a friend, and Scorpio is the sign of death. All right? Um, and it may be brutal because the natural rulers are Pluto, the murderer, and Mars, the uh, insane murderer, all right? Moving over to Sag on the 11th, friends who take you out of the country. You have international friends. You're part of groups that think big um, and probably a part of some type of college fraternity. This could help you out uh, with connections as you advance later in life. So if you have the 11th, or if your 11th house has Sagittarius on it and you went to school or you want to go to school, um, your friends just come in the realm of university, philosophical thinkers, spiritual gurus and teachers, um, and something foreign. And also Sagittarius deals with the judges as well. Um, so it has an aspect of law attached to it. So you have law um, enforcement friends as well, all right? But think big with these friends and travel the world with friends when you have this one right here. You have some of the best time of your life um, um, doing this with a group of people. All right. Um, moving over to old Capricorn in the 11th. This represents 
um, career friends, that you friends that are career orientated, that that are that act old, um, act like the old man, so to speak. But they should be career orientated people, and your friends should be all about success, and 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 you should be emanating towards your friends the things. Um, that, that drive you towards what you see as success. This is very important. Now, this is traditionally ruled by Saturn, and we have a minor exaltation here. What do you mean? Because Saturn rules Capricorn, but Saturn is a co-ruler of Aquarius. Aquarius is the natural ruler of this 11th house. So this house has, uh, Saturn has dominion over this house right here, especially with Capricorn being here. So now friends can become a burden, friends become a life lesson, friends become a source of karma. But it's really to get you to understand how you react and respond to things with your friends, but most importantly, you should just really be working hard with your friends to get success. If it ain't about success with Capricorn on the 11th, and we, I ain't got no time for friends because Saturn is an energy that denies all foolishness when we don't understand the lesson. So it just don't go through. You get a flunking grade, start all over again. All right? So these are big money friends because Capricorn is the last earth sign. So this is big money. This is the sign that rules your career. You usually work for what? Money. Okay? And the career is different from a job from the Virgo perspective because a career is something that you're supposed to identify as what you want to do for the rest of your life, whereas a job is more of a J-O-B nine to five every single day, all right? So it's a slight difference in the two. So this is about successful friends with Capricorn here. Moving over to Aquarius, the natural ruler of the sign, you have friends that are weird. It's just a double emphasis of the house structure. Thinking outside of the box, they could be considered radical organizations that's about change, organizations that's just about almost about overthrow of some particular government. Um, these are friends that are just weird and think outside of the box. They dress like punk rockers or something. It's something different about your friends, okay? Um, respect that because it's your energy that you attract, and it's really you and how your friends may even perceive you to be the weirdo of all of them, Okay? Um, but technology and just being a, being a part of a group is um, very helpful. But also, see, the oxymoron with Aquarius is this. Uh, Uranus is not necessarily a group-orientated person. He's highly individualistic. Everybody knows that Aquarius is about unique individuality. An Aquarius ain't nothing more than an a over-amped-up Leo where Leo appears to seek its gratification being the center of attention, Aquarius seeks it more inside of the group sort of thing. Leo would take charge and be the Barack Obama who would be the first black president to run a country. Leo would be the first black, president, first black quarterback, Doug Williams, to win a Super Bowl. So it's kind of centered around the person, per se, to be the leader you see what I'm saying? But in Aquarius, it's more or less it's the same thing, but it's more about the group type of thing, all right? Very similar because there will be considered polar opposites, all right? Um, moving over to the last and final aspect, Pisces on the 11th. This is tricky because Pisces traditionally represents spiritual folks. So you got spiritual friends, friends that are talking transcendental meditation, friends that are talking um, spiritual spiritual good stuff, 
Um, but it's also the negative aspect, friends who are alcoholics, friends who are on drugs, friends who are liars, and friends who potentially have an element of being your secret enemy, all right, with Pisces here. With Pisces here, if your friends ain't about spiritual evolution, you better stay clear away from them because Piscean people are the absolute most confused energy I've ever seen by my observation of the Zodiac, and at the same time, the most brilliant. It's my favorite um, sign slash planet Neptune um, um, in, in all of my study. I'm a, I'm a Neptune phenomenon. I love it because uh, it's just a complete oxymoron, and that, with, that to me is what the creator is. And I tell you this, God is a jellyfish. I'm going to have to do something. I'm serious. God is a jellyfish. Because when you look at a jellyfish, you're looking at like, wait a minute, dude. I don't see no eyes. I don't see no jellyfish vagina, a jellyfish penis, a jellyfish fun. How are you functioning? Because I should be able to see everything because I can see through you. That is the most weirdest phenomenon. God is a jellyfish. All right? Leave that. All right? Anyway, moving over now, so we got all of the energy on the 11th, right? We good. We straight. Now let's move over to the 12th. Where we at on time? Good. Now let's move over to the 12th. Now this is one of my favorite houses, obviously. This is your graduation point, ladies and gentlemen. This is the point in the 12th that says um, um, you have finished high school, and it's time for you to go off to the universe. You leave high school and you go off to the university in our reality. And in the beginning, the school, we went to elementary. We went to the elements, the school of elements. We were supposed to be learning the basic construct of elements in the beginning. We're really supposed to be scientists. And then when we finish, we go off to the universe. The highest octaves, the 11 and 12, is talking about how the spiritual phenomena of the creator is integrated inside of humanity or how humanity understands the spiritual phenomena of the creator. Science and spirituality are the same, supposed to be. And that's what's happening in the Aquarian age where these two are starting to merge. Okay? So let's go through the wheel of the 12th house. The 12th house is the house of institutions, house of hospitals, house of jail, the house of confusion, the house of secret enemies, the house of uh, spiritual enlightenment, the house of drugs and alcohol, confusion, the house of even music is here. And I call this the house of your divine spiritual inspiration that the creator gave you. Why? Because this the time that you were born, this constellation right here in this area of space called the 12th house represents the last component that you need to understand in your chart. It's like the 12th grade. So the very last thing is the seal of the will. God is now finito. He's finished right here with you. So let's go through it. Aries on the 12th. Ooh now we take that gangster energy. They will poison you because 12 houses are a house of poison. Don't get it twisted. They will poison you using fiery gases because Mars is fiery. All right? These are aggressive secret enemies 
they show their hand, though, because it's ruled by Mars and they become too aggressive, so they'll show their hand. All right? Um, these are, um, with Aries here, this is really talking about your head because Aries rules the head and the spiritual influx of energy that needs to come through your head. All right? Literally. So this is really an enlightenment um, configuration. Literally. All right, Pisces represent Pisces Neptune represents the crown of the tree of life. My perspective and many other perspectives. Sometimes they put Uranus there, um, but it talks about supreme consciousness that comes from the spirit world. Hence, it's called you call it psychic phenomenon, which is really talking about how an event is going to manifest in this reality before it actually gets here. Pisces allow you to tap into that current from the creator to know what's going to happen on the earth plane. So if Aries rules the head, this is talking about the spiritual illumination of your whole head, okay? So it's not a bad thing. Taurus here, Jesus Christ, man, somebody is going to try to steal your money. Your values is a little bit off here. Secret enemies around, be careful with sharing your money with folks. Very, very important. Uh, people who have this particular placement here, if it's reinforced by other factors in the chart, which you learn in class two with the prime minister, then these are people that definitely is still, they are still your loop. So with this factor here, you have to um, only allow people to have access to that which you can stand to lose financially. Same thing goes for Scorpio when I get over here with Scorpio, all right? Uh, these are valuable spiritual, your, your values of spirituality is as high but I'm going to tell you something. You must pray, go upstairs, because the 12th house is the house of upstairs to the creator. You must go upstairs in order to financially materialize certain things because Taurus represents the money and physicality. So, therefore, how does money and physicality of Taurus be drawn out when it's in the realm of spirituality in the realm of illusion? You've got to go upstairs and consult the God first. You, my friend, need to have some Lakshmi energy around you at all times for financial endeavors because she represents a spiritual component that deals with finances. This is Taurus on the 12th. Okay? Moving over to Gemini on the 12th. Um, Gemini on the 12th are um, people who, again, they, they, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a communication thing, um, Gemini is traditionally the size of brothers and sisters, so therefore your brothers and sisters could be your secret enemy. Your brother and sister could actually be someone who has been affected by drugs in their life, all right? Um, but this, too, is talking about a high level of spiritual communication because Gemini represents the uh, communication. So it's a spiritual influx of communication that's coming down here. Now, since Gemini is ruled by Mercury, Mercury is the logic. Mercury is the brain. This is similar to Aries, hence they sextile each other only two signs away. One is air, one is fire. They get along with each other. The brain sits inside of the head. Therefore, this is a highly head-slash-mental energy, spiritual influx that's coming in. You, my friend, need to be reading, speaking, and most importantly, writing about your spiritual experiences. The 12th house is also the house of dreams. So you need a dream journal. You need to write, communicate spiritual principles all the time, whether you communicate to the public, which is a whole other factor, or you just recording it for your own sake. You need to do it. It's very therapeutic for you. This is highly musical as well because the 12th house does have a musical touch to it. All right? and, and, and Gemini means I have something to say. 
All right? Now, moving over to cancer here, your mama, your daddy, particularly maybe mama, a woman in your life is a secret enemy here. Uh, mom was affected by alcohol and drugs, depending on what was going on with the moon and other placements. Again, you get that in, uh, we, in, in class too. Uh, but your mama is a source of jealousy here. All right, our family members are a source of jealousy here. Nine times out of ten, it's more of a parental factor here. All right, uh, I like the placement because cancer is naturally a water sign on a water house, so this talks about spiritual family. So family for you may actually be um, spiritual family and not necessarily domestic family. So you may be uh, one of those people who need to look for spiritual family, all right? Cancer is a zodiac sign of the ancestral gateway. Um, it's when the sun is at its highest peak in the sign. In Kemet, it was represented by pepper, resurrection, all right? So it's talking about ancestral energies that communicate to you from the spirit world, all right? Highly intuitive marker here with cancer on the 12th. Leo on the 12th represents uh, authoritative figures who you cannot see clear whatsoever, um, this is daddy may be the issue here, and possibly even children being the issue of drugs, alcohol, uh, falling asleep, something having to do with that type of thing, or your romantic interest may be in that aspect. But this talks about, on the high side, it talks about um, spiritual enlightenment with your romantic other, spiritual enlightenment with a male in your life, spiritual enlightenment with children. Music in children is good. I know somebody with this who does music, I told you need to do something with the children. You need to do a video with the children and let it reflect spiritual purity. This is excellent for that, all right? Um, moving over to Virgo on the 6th, on the 12th, rather. Uh, people who you work with potentially are your secret enemies. Do not allow someone to check you out or uh, clock you out on the clock. Like, girl, you get my back. I'm about to make a run or, or, or do what I used to do. Uh, uh, I'd be in the warehouse, and when I used to um, do the furniture thing, I'd be in the warehouse propped up uh, on, a, on a sofa somewhere up on the rack. All right? You don't tell people this with Virgo on the 12th because people who you work with become your enemies. Also, also, and hear me closely, since Virgo deals with health in the 12th house of spirituality and everybody today is starting to become more awakened, more spiritually attuned, you are subjected to poison from a spiritual person, 12th house, okay? Poison is a 12th house. Spiritual person is a 12th house. And then sixth sign Virgo, meaning health, someone who sees your spiritual qualities but are giving you um, tonics and elixirs could potentially poison you purposely or it may not even be purposely. It can just happen that way. So people here need to be extremely mindful because this deals with your health. You need to be extremely mindful on what you take from spiritual people. See, afflictions in the 12th, I, quit, I tell my clients this. Don't, don't, don't do it. Somebody be like, hey, you go over to a friend's house and you go get a reading somewhere and, and you go into this little private spiritual thing and this person, would you like something to drink? Don't you do it. Don't, don't you do it. Don't put nothing in your mouth if you, if you have afflictions, but then you got to learn how to look for that stuff, all right? So mind your health on your spiritual um, services and, and, and don't allow people at work um, to underdo you. See, the house, the 12th house is the house of undoing. 
You can do it yourself. Um, talk, it, it's self-sabotage where you get yourself in a position and you just totally throw, throw the ball game. I've seen this on the first um, episode. What was that episode that Puff had on MTV, The Make Another Band, and little Fred from Miami? They was like, come on, man. And he was like, man, just I don't feel like it, man. It was like he got the opportunity to make it, but he was like, cut me, dog, and hung up. Because that is an act of self-sabotage that runs in the subconscious mind when you think you want it, you really don't want it. And we're going to get into that, and that's the direction where we actually get to on how to unblock that kind of stuff. All right? So be extremely careful here with Virgo, man. Pay attention to the details of spiritual folks, all right? Um, and you are to work very hard on a day-to-day basis for your own spiritual evolution. Ruled by Mercury is therapeutic for you to write about your spiritual uh, uh, evolution as well, all right? Libra on the 12th, um, relationships are potentially secret enemies. So somebody who you're in a relationship with, you're married to, um, you just can't see them for who they are. Your marriage partner is probably on drugs, alcohol, a lot of confusion there. The high side of the energy is you and your spiritual partner, uh, or you and your partner, in this case is your spiritual partner, y'all supposed to be on that pretty um, beach wearing all white and just looking majestic, holding hands at the sunset by the ocean or the sunrise by the ocean. That's what Libra on the 12th is supposed to be. It is a union that is dedicated to soul evolution through spirituality. Anything less than that is going to get nasty. So your partner escapes the reality and says, I need to go smoke. I need to go drink. Because they're really taking in the spirit, minus spirits, to alter their chemical reality inside of themselves so they can perceive the physical reality differently. But they don't know that they may be doing it at the expense of jeopardizing what? The relationship, Libra, and their physical health, i.e., the kidneys become a problem. So if you got Libra on the 12th, alcohol will most surely give you uh, kidney and liver issues, all right, cirrhosis. All right, moving over to Scorpio on the 12th. This is dark, powerful, hidden enemies on the extreme side. You won't see it coming. Back it up. With Libra on the 12th, you're a little bit protected because Libra represents the constellation of open relationships. And since you're in a, and you, see you're in a, you're in a contract with the person verbal or writtenly. And, and, and so, therefore, this is the house of openness. So if it's the house or the sign of openness on the house of secret enemies, it comes out in the open. You're a little bit protected because naturally it's ruled by Venus, so there's an element of protection there. Now, Scorpio in the instance, you're not going to see it because Scorpio is all about dark secrets anyway. The 12th house is deception, so you're not going to see these dark, secretive, deceptive things. You see what I'm saying? But this on the high side represents uh, a spiritual union, and it talks about this is true spiritual sex magic at the height, especially if you have strong Scorpio slash Virgo tendencies in your chart. This really represents a divine spiritual sexual uh, interplay here. This is gorgeous for tantric movements, all right? 
So this is, this is a power play. But this is also the area of space where you have to mind your money. Wow, because Scorpio represents let's share our money. The 12th house is the house of secret enemies. So I'm going to steal the money. So if you have Taurus here because it deals with your money, if you have it's polar opposite Scorpio here because it deals with your money, all right, this is where you want to take the precautions of it needs to be at least three signatures on the account before the withdrawal come out, all right, type of thing, okay? But this is very powerful healing spiritual influx of energy. It's probably... Um, it would probably be one of my favorite signs to have on the 12th house, in all honesty, when it comes to spiritual work. So it's very powerful uh, in the regeneration. That you have the ability to bring God down here through sexual acts and, and create you uh, God consciously with Scorpio on the 12th, with reinforcing Scorpio energy. Okay? Moving over to Sagittarius here, you are protected. Jupiter represents protection. Sag on the 12th house cusp. Your secret enemies can't get to you for some reason. They're baffled by this level of protection that you have, okay? Can't get you. Um, this is highly spiritual. Uh, I like it. This is an exaltation for me because uh, what I see here, Sagittarius represents philosophy and religion and getting outside of the country to go to India and Tibet. Well, that's religion and philosophy, where the 12th house is spirituality. So it's not necessarily so dogmatic, but it has this thing, this element to it when it embraces the spiritual phenomenon. So to me, Jupiter here in the 12th, or what we would call Sagittarius on the 12th, or Neptune and Sagittarius, which is a whole generation of us, all right, that have Neptune and Sag. We are spiritual in, 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 enlighteners, if that's a word, all right? We enlighten people, okay? So I like it here. So this is talking about you traveling outside of the country from some type of spiritual, um, some type of spiritual retreat. This is phenomenal. You have the best time of your life spiritually when you travel to that one place. Everybody has this built inside of them. You have several places, if not if you have, you probably have several places, but you at least got to have one place in your mind where you want to go. I remember as a child, I always wanted to go to Hawaii. Didn't even know nothing about Hawaii. Probably never even seen Hawaii on television. I just always wanted to go to Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? So we all have a, for lack of a better word, a foreign place where we want to go outside of our domestic place where we live. If you have Sag here, you're going to have the best spiritual experience when you do that. But so when you go on this trip, you need to kind of identify what it is. You, it's just not a vacation. It's a place that you want to go where you think you have a connection to the creator. It, it has everything to do with your philosophical and spiritual beliefs, okay? So I like that placement there. Uh, moving over to good old Cappy in the 12th. Um, your daddy is a secret enemy. Your daddy was an alcoholic type of thing, potentially. Um, again, it represents career and success. You've got to be careful here because this is ruled by Saturn, and the 12th house is the house of lockup, and then Saturn represents government, and the 12th house is the house of drugs. So, and if you've got any afflictions to Saturn, guess what? You're not going to be a good hustler. One day somebody is going to be your secret enemy and farmer and tell on you. 
That's how that works right there. This is a no-no for illegal activity. Rewind, you can say the same thing, too, with Libra on the 12th and a little bit of Sag as well because Sag represents the law, okay? So Libra, Sag, and Cat, you got to be a little bit um, careful when you're doing things. Or you can move to Colorado where weed is legal, and you can smoke and sell by the pound mine legally, okay? But Capricorn here represents career things, but you too, um, your boss at work, people in authoritative position are your secret enemies. You have to look out for that. They just can't see you clearly. It's something about the style of communication that just ain't right. It just We just don't click. We just don't get along. I just can't see you for who you really are. Okay? This also represents the great advancements that you make. Because Saturn is about great advancements. Um, career, you don't get recognized for this, okay? you got to work very hard to solidify yourself with Capricorn, Saturn, energy, ruling the 12th. Uh, highly spiritual, but again, it's about spirituality, going to pray for the ultimate manifestation down here on the career level or how to tap into your physical success. Prayer first. Well, my man Gun plays faith for energy to stay prayed up, all right? Capricorn on the 12th to get physical success, stay prayed up. All right, uh, Aquarius here, your friends are just secret enemies. Um, so you just got to, you have to be careful. The constellation of friends is in the area of secret enemies. You don't know who to trust. They can get you. Um, and then they're going to get you using technology. Um, this is the type of thing that happens where uh, they're texting you, uh, your friends are texting a conversation about something that you did or, or some form of technology breach. So you just can't see it clearly for what it's worth. Beware of this particular placement with Aquarius on the 12th. Also, the high side of the energy is this groups of friends that indulge in spiritual principles. But something about this spiritual principle is they use spirituality to somehow change the world. That's interesting. They use spirituality as a group of people to somehow change the world for better. That's very interesting. All right? So I like that placement because it involves a group which better humanity, okay? Um, the last but not least is Pisces. is just a double dose of the Piscean energy right here on the 12th, man. Extremely psychic, extremely vibe. It's, it's, just, it's highly intuitive and um, probably musical as well. Uh, but, you know, the highest side is clairvoyant energy. That's the extreme high positive side and the extreme low side, you already know, just becomes drugs, alcohol, confusion, all that uh, other stuff that, you know, is just nasty, all right? But it's a highly clairvoyant marker, which also means that you have a natural will. Every It should be that it's very close that every house in your chart lines up to the zodiac sign it's supposed to be on, and that's nice, and that is the perfect segue into the next portion of the show, all right? So with that for a minute, let me just play a little bit of music real fast. Let me take me a quick water break, and I will be right back.
Okay, all right, man, I'm back. <clears throat> all right, so today, uh, I don't think I'm at 12 o'clock. Uh, I doubt it. I don't, I don't think I have time to 11, 12, I don't think I have time to take any calls. Um, <clears throat> but the goal is to leave you with the tools that you can figure this stuff out. Uh, excellent tool to start working on self is a self-activation workbook that I have on a website um, that we composed uh, over a year ago to help you better understand yourself. Always start with yourself, all right? Um, and then also in the very near future, um, the things that I'll be doing is, is more of audio reports. The things that I see in the sky will be on MP3 format, and they'll be available for you uh, via the website. Or, or it's obviously inside. If you join the network, you definitely get the information as well. All right. Um, I want to talk to you today about what I call scattered light theory. SLT. Probably never heard of it. If it is out there, then I tapped into something. But it's a theory that I have, and it's not necessarily a theory. It's really a law. And I want to talk about the incarnation of spirit with scattered light because you have to understand that we know that modern science has basically said that the human being is composed of starlight. His tissues is made of nitrogen. It's, it's just obvious. We, we here, we already know that. But let, let's build on that a little bit here, all right? The mere fact that, well, first, let's talk about incarnation. When you're in your mother's womb, you have the umbilical cord attached from your navel, obviously, to, to mommy. And this is how you are uh, receiving your life force. It is at the time of birth when the umbilical cord is um, severed, we await a sound, a sound, usually a cry, from the baby to signal the arrival of life. We're listening for a sound. And what is taking place here is the ascendant in your birth chart, the rising sign, which looks like in your reality, as the sun rises in the morning, any constellation that rises in that spot on the eastern horizon at the time of your birth, that constellation is rising and marks the ascendant point house number one in your chart. That's a fact. But since constellations just appear to be rising and setting, and that's not the case, how can they arise over our head when we are actually in space as well? Technically, the earth is spinning into that current direction. The earth has a levo rotation. The earth is spinning leftward. Only thing you got to do is face the east, and if you start to spin your body towards the left side, the, the sun will start to cast its shadow in different places. Obviously, 
going towards sunset, going towards the west. So the earth is spinning in a leftward rotation. So that constellation that's rising is just the first constellation that we're spinning towards. We're spinning into the light at that time. So as you're born and we're spinning into the light, that breath of life that's talked about in the Holy Quran, that breath of life that's talked about in Genesis, that breath of life is coming from where? It is coming from the east. Hence, the mason is told, look to the east. The light is coming from the east because the earth is spinning towards the east. So that light or spirit is coming from that starlight called your ascendant. Okay? Now, let's talk about the space body, dark matter, space body. This is your dark matter cosmobod right here. When I'm doing, big shout out to the number Swami, who I believe got, like, it is Aquarius with Virgo rods, and that's a lethal combination if I ain't never seen it. Because you get to pay attention to uh, uh, the phenomena of reality. Aquarius is the age of I know, and with Virgo, it allows you to get to the details of it with accuracy. They've been helping me out a lot as far as um, categorizing certain things that take place um, within my astrology code. So when I do a prediction, and I'm saying that today, you're going to experience, uh, the world is going to see some type of military hiccup, okay? And then a helicopter crash, which don't, a military helicopter in the United States don't crash every day, even once a year, okay? And it happens within that day. What just happened? Something happened here. How did you know that? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what's happened. Or if we just simply do a prediction and say, today, Within this time frame, you're going to get a promotion at your job. And that promotion happens. What happened? How did you know that? Human behavior is responding to spatial imprints. What is a spatial imprint? Let's look at your birth chart. Let's just say... Jupiter, the planet of abundance, growth, and luck, is in your, let's say, sixth house. It hits your sixth house cusp. And your sixth house is your job, day-to-day -day work. And as soon as Jupiter hits your sixth house cusp, you experience a promotion at work. Stop. First off, the sixth house ain't nothing but an area of space in the sky. That's a fact. You just got to learn how to measure it. It is outside your house right now in space, and it sits in a certain direction because the ancients divided the sky up into 12 portions. So the planet got to a region of space. 
it, it triggered a physical event in your life. You are responding to points in space. Here's another one. Let's say that same scenario happened, but in this case, it's not Jupiter in your sixth house. Jupiter conjuncts your natal Venus and you hit the lottery. Now, let's just say Jupiter, when you were born, Venus was at 22 degrees Cancer. Jupiter, when you hit this scratch-off ticket, was at 22 Cancer. So in your birth chart, it says, wow, Jupiter conjunct my Venus and I hit the lottery. But what just happened? Because guess what? Venus in the sky right now ain't there. It kept on moving the day you were born, and it's not there no more. But when Jupiter gets in this same region of space, because remember, Jupiter is much further back than where Venus is. See, this is where you have to keep the grid of the solar system in play in your mind. So what just happened? When a planet that's millions of miles away, it don't even matter how far, when a planet got in the exact same line of space of where a planet was, emphasis on was, was at, an event happened in your life. So now, once again, you may read it in regular style, oh, Jupiter can jump my bitch. No, it did, but let's really understand that because I think the artwork makes it look like a planet is on top of another planet, but the truth of the reality is it's just a planet was in the exact same line of space and you reacted to a spatial imprint. So the same holds true when you have Saturn in opposition to your sun. Your sun ain't there no more. The sun ain't even right there in the sky no more. But Saturn is in opposition to the space of where it was at, and you feel this all throughout your life. Well, if you're born with it. But if it's just transient, you experience it for that period of time that is there. You are responding to space. That's a fact. See, this is what the science sciences they ain't, they ain't getting this part. But that's our job in the Aquarian Age to usher in the true, all this new stuff they come, the psycho, neuroimmunology. Man, listen, all that stuff is astrology. Point blank period, let's just keep it simple. You're dealing with astrophysics and no, 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 no. Listen, all of this stuff deals with astrology. How the astral realm interface on every single level in human experience, point blank period. We can classify it all we want to. There's many different divisions within the sixth house. We can classify all the health studies, all the spiritual systems. We can classify all this stuff. But it's within the will, so therefore it falls under the jurisdiction of astrology because everything that they're studying, biology, theology, whatever ology is just a study of something, and astrology covers every single thing in creation because everything that they're studying is going to fall within the 12 signs of the zodiac. Okay? It's like the absurd notion that the astronomer tells me that no, I don't necessarily believe in, in stars can have an effect on human behavior. When your retarded self 
has made a living studying the stars every single day. You think, what is it inside of you that got you looking at the stars? Measuring its density, its mass, how long it's been alive, when you think it's going to burn out, how far it is from the earth. You think it don't have, it's affecting you because you go to sleep thinking about stars. And you probably be at the table talking to your spouse about stars. And you got a job that talks about stars and watch the stars and you think it don't have an effect on your human behavior. You make a whole damn career out of studying the stars. It's affecting you because there's something about that that is magnetizing your consciousness to say, look at me. It's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. But that's the old world. So anyway, so you got a Cosmo bod. Now, the issue, ladies and gentlemen, is we are scattered light. What, what do you mean we scatter light? I'll give you an example. The universe is, when I say universe, the macrocosm of the stars and planets that surround us is the law, is universal law. The, and, and what I mean by that is Saturn, the lord of career, the lord of, of working hard and success. Venus, the goddess of beauty, the goddess of marriages, right? Uh, she can even be the goddess of, of money. Right? These are universal principles. Right? The constellations that they govern are universal principles in which these planets operate well in when they're at home. These are universal principles. What happens when you become born and you have Saturn and Leo, when Saturn's in detriment, and now you have a hard time relating to your children because you got Saturn and Leo? Because there's a cosmic phenomenon that takes place where universal planets, the universal law, will be in locations called detriments and falls in astrology that they don't do, the planetary energy don't express itself well, meaning your psychological function, the things that take place in your life, you struggle with these things. Why? Because you're scattered light. So when Capricorn is on your fifth house, the house of children, and Saturn rules your children, and Saturn is Mr. No-No, and you don't have any children, it's not that you don't have any children because you ain't popped off in somebody, or maybe you have and the sperm ain't working, but Saturn says, no, you have to work harder. So you may not have no children. Why? Because the planet that naturally governs this frequency over here is not at home, and the planet that represents no-no is in this region of space, he's out of pocket. Astrology call it a detriment or a fall when the planet is out of pocket, but physically inside of your body, things is out of order because you can't necessarily attain things that you want because you're scattered light. So now you don't have no children, and you would like to have children. Or now your finances is a little bit slower, and you've got to work a little bit harder. And then you will start to see the manifestation of these things in your body because now, now your knees hurt with Saturn rules. Now, now your hip hurt is Jupiter. You see? So these, these physical elements start to come out in your physical body. Hmm? So the issue is, see, remember, See, this is the thing. This is a wheel that's spinning. It's spinning. God said, here goes creation. Let's spin the wheel. And you're like that one game at the casino, I don't know what it's called, where that ball goes in and you're just 
dipping around until it stops spinning, and the stop spinning is your birth point, but it's really still spinning. And then the astrologer takes a snapshot of where all the planets are at, and regardless if these planets are at home or if they're out of pocket, they are going to express some type of energy inside of you, and vice versa. What is it, roulette, I think it's called? So now we have an issue because the areas of space that we've been talking about for 11 weeks, the areas of space called your houses in your chart is really a physical area of space in the sky. Y'all got to understand that. So in the morning, the sun rises in the east, and then at high noon, traditionally it's in the south, depending on what time of year it is. Like now, we by the winter, we just left the winter solstice, so the sun is rising in the in in the southeast sky. I like to call it the east south sky because everything it goes east, then it goes south, then it starts to go west, then it goes north. So I don't like saying southeast; it's actually east south because that is the rotation of what's taking place here. So in the east south sky, the sun rises right now. Okay. When you face due east, the sun is rising to your right. It's not lining up directly due east, a little towards the south. But if we, if we go to another part of the year, the sun would be there at 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock versus 8 o'clock in the morning. So these regions of space called your houses is literally that regions of space outside in the sky. You've got to learn how to divide it up. Now once you do that, you can get a directional orientation of that which you want. So we erected temples and said these three will appear to mimic Orion's belt, and this will line up with Sirius on this day. You see, we start erecting temples to the heavenly flow. So being scattered right creates, obviously, an issue. And the issue that I want to say is this. See, if, 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 if Aries naturally rules the first house and Taurus naturally rules the second house, what happens when these zodiac signs ain't on them houses? So it becomes, and we're going to get into it, becomes an oxymoron in a sense. So those of you who have Libra rising, your chart is totally inverted. It's a balancing point because the constellation, the zodiac sign that's on the house is in total opposition to the house that it naturally supposed is in opposition to the house that it's on. Libra is supposed to be on your seventh house, not on your first house. Libra is not supposed to be rising when you're born, technically, in the natural flow of astrology. Libra is not supposed to be rising at the time of your birth. So when you chose to come down here in that, with Libra rising, the first order of the day, which is your first house, is what? You seek a relationship. But the last order of the day, complete opposition, is the sign that's independent and don't necessarily like to be in relationships like that, which is Aries. Or don't know how to don't know how to share and engage in relationships. So then that becomes a struggle because you got the wild man Mars ruling the seventh house. 
You got to go, 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 go. And Libra is like, no, I need some attention. I need, I need relationship energy. Say, like, no, I don't have time. But this is an expression that you're expressing to everybody. This is, this is emulating in your own aura. This is your cosmic contract. Why? Because you scatter light. So then those of us who have cardinal signs, when you have um, Capricorn and you have Cancer on the ascendant, your whole chart is off 90 degrees now. So 90 degrees is you got to look, you're looking sideways and people looking at you sideways. And what's happening is the area of space, obviously, is off by 90 degrees, so your whole life becomes a little bit of a challenge, buddy. Because the constellations obviously have vibrations called personality types. The area of space, there's areas of space that naturally fit well with these constellations. And when they don't add up, that creates an issue. It's called scattered light theory. So now that we know what that is and we can see it a little bit better, Saturn and Leo, you have an issue with children. You're a little too hard on them. Don't know how to have fun because Saturn is no. I'm going to work, 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 work. I must work hard to succeed. I'm going to turn my children into workers. You can do that. There ain't nothing necessarily wrong with that. You just got to learn how to balance because the energy of work is just not work, work, work. It's saying work with the children, but also do the things that the children, what that constellation Leo would say do, what it suggests to have fun while doing it, and it can be great and not necessarily stay to that. So universal principles get thrown off in our own personal contract when we decide to incarnate, which in return, like I said, creates an issue in your physical body slash events in your life. So now since we understand, and this is where I'm going in the future, this is where I'm at, See, that means that the human mind is not calibrated to its fullest potential. Which, hell, we know that. We know that just based off of the amount of brain that we're using. We know that because we haven't tapped into the immortality gene. We know that because when you lose your second tooth, you don't grow another one back. We know that because we're still aging and getting grow hair, and age is a symbol of anti-life anti because it's a symbol of death. And we are supposed to be part reptilian, the first part of the brain, that says if I lose an arm, I'm supposed to grow another one back. But what happened? So psychologically, we're scattered. Why? Because the blueprint is scattered when you were born, along with other things such as genetics, such as environment and your response to it. There's a whole host of factors, the foods that you eat, a whole host of factors that goes on top of you being scattered. So our goal is to unscatter you, unscatter these 14 pieces that Osiris represents. And speaking of that, because I said on Facebook, I wanted to touch on that, on the 13th sign, and I'm going to come right back in to the oxymoron of astrology. My man, Delmar, hit me up and he asked me about the 13th sign. He shot me a link, and I said, the 13th sign don't belong in the zodiac. 
And it doesn't mean that it don't have significance because all starlight has a significance on human consciousness. It's just the ones on what we call the ecliptic, the zodiac belt, has more of a direct influence in personal um, development. The other one's a little bit more subtle. So then I read an article and they say that Ophetheus, the 13th sign, sits directly opposite of Orion, and that is true. So Orion could represent the spiritual or physical pole and vice versa for Ophetheus, and that can be true. But then here comes my question. Why ain't nobody arguing Orion being a part of the damn zodiac belt since it sits in between Taurus and Gemini then? Ain't nobody arguing that. So we should have 14 signs. And maybe that, and I've seen somebody make that argument before, it's 14 signs of astrology based off their viewpoint of the ecliptic. It sits in between Aries and Pisces. And if we add that, that becomes 15. But my point is, in Dendera Zodiac, you only see 12 signs. What you consider to be Ophetheus in Dendera and Kemet is the boat of Ra. That sits above Scorpio. He's on a different plane of existence, just like Orion sits above Taurus and Gemini's on a different plane of existence. It's a little higher in the north for us. It doesn't mean that it don't have an effect on you on your life, because surely it does. There's a star inside of Taurus called Aldebaran that's a watcher that deals with one of the archangels. I'll let you study that. Sits about 26, a uh, little bit before that, in late 20s in Taurus. If I'm mistaken. They may actually have it classified as Gemini and tropical, but it's, it's in the Taurus frequency. And surely that star has significance. Absolutely, it has significance in astrology. That's an archangel that's there. So Dendera didn't deal with 13. The Dogon and the Pale Fox was a great when they mapped out the, 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 a rectangle with, with, with 12 boxes. 12 boxes. Your Hebrew calendar is a 12-13 calendar. It's 12, they start on the new moon, and it's 12 months unless it's going to be within those years that it has a 13th new moon within the solar year. Islam has 12 months in a lunar calendar. The moon reflects the sun. Why is everybody on the 12? It ain't the conspiracy that they're getting you away from 13, and that's not what it is. I kept saying this, 13 is giving you the science of serious. Of course you want to get beyond the 12. It's not getting beyond the 12 with a 13 sign. It's getting outside of grade school, getting outside of the 12 inches on the ruler, getting beyond the number 12 on the wall clock, getting beyond the 12th sign and going back to Sirius because Sirius is about 13 degrees cancer. That's July 4th, July 5th up in that area called Independence Day. And then you have... Canada Day who celebrates this on July the 1st. So 13 dealt with Sirius. It never dealt with Ophetheus. That's not to take anything away from the star system because all stars are relevant because we're scattered starlight. Now, look at this diagram of imagination. Look at this. When you were born, there's constellations in the northern hemisphere that were not visible, that you cannot see, Okay. The top half of your chart is visible energies. You can see them. Where it's daylight time in a sense. Even if it's nighttime when you're born, the top half, you can see these stars. 
The bottom half of that you can't see based off the spin orientation. Okay? Now, how is it that these constellations that you can't see, and let's just say the first six of the zodiac signs, Aries through Virgo, Aries is your head, but that's, a, that's, that's coming up on the ascendant. But Taurus rules your throat, but that's on your second house, and that constellation ain't even visible. Gemini is your lungs. You can't see that. Cancer is your stomach. You can't see that. Leo becomes your heart and your spine. You can't see that. Virgo becomes your intestines. You can't see that. When you get to Libra, this constellation was setting at the time of your uh, arrival if you were born in the morning when the sun was in Aries and Aries was rising. Libra would be on the descendant, and this energy is about to go down. However, it's visible, and it governs your fitness. Now you can see the next constellation coming. Look, we're leaving, we're leaving the west, and we're going a little bit towards the south now. And then we say this is the eighth house. This is Scorpio. This is the region that governs my, my, my sexual organs. And then we go all the way around the wheel. And some of these things are not visible. Some of them are visible. When the sun is out, you ain't seeing nothing else anyway unless it's the moon, and she must be at a, a quarter of a distance of a square to be able to see her. All right? So you ain't going to see none of these things, and these things are scattered, but this scatter has a gravitational pull on your physical body. You're composed of all of it, no matter where it falls at. You're composed of all of it. So when things are out of pocket, then we can get to see where this dis-ease comes in. Now, let's talk about the oxymoron of astrology. I want to get y'all to Venus and Mercury are never in opposition in a birth chart. The truth of the matter is, what's the opposition in the square when you're always in alignment with the sun? If you draw a dot in the middle of a paper, and then you draw a circle around that dot, which is the sun glyph. Everything on that circle, you can draw 10 different planets on that circle. All of them, from their perspective, is in alignment to the sun. What qualifies it as being a square from the sun in opposition from the sun? What qualifies it is your measurement on how you view it from your reality. Woohoo! <laughs> Snap! Hold up! Because everything on this, on this line around this dot is going around the sun. And let's just say we all got our certain distance from the sun, but the distance don't matter. Everybody is in alignment to the sun at all times. Every single planet is going around the sun. So the only thing that justifies it as being at a geometric angle is based off your perception of measuring it to the sun. You're using the sun as a centerpiece reference, rightly so, because the earth travels and all the planets travel around the sun. You're using the sun as a centerpiece reference, the dot within the circle. And then you're saying when you see this planet over here on the other side of the sun, directly opposite of you, that planet is, and this, check this out, that planet's in opposition to you. Just imagine if you look at the sun right now and you see a planet, Saturn, on the other side of the sun. That planet is in opposition to you to you on the earth, because you can see it. 
but it read as it conjuncts the sun. And I'm going to get into that. So back it up to Venus and Mars. Venus and Mars are never in opposition to the sun. And rightfully so. So what's taking place here, Ample? I'm going to tell you. Right now, since Venus, see, remember, look at your solar system diagram. It's the sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth. Let's just stop, stop right there. Venus sits in between Earth and the sun. So does Mercury. She's 26 million miles away, which is interesting, which is a sacred number. So right now we have a Venus-Sun conjunction in Capricorn, but Venus is retrograding. But that's not true. Venus is not retrograding. The Earth is traveling, it will appear to be traveling backwards because Venus is closer to the Sun. So Venus is passing the Earth by, and it will look like since she's passing us by, we're going backwards. But since we know we ain't going backwards, the effect is still Venus because that's the planetary body involved. The ancients said when this passing happens, when one planet passes another planet, this is considered a retrograde. The retrograde law is true for planets beyond Earth, Mars, Jupiter, and so forth, because as the Earth is closer to the sun, those planets appear to be traveling backwards, so then we can denote them as going back in the degrees of the constellations, although they ain't traveling backwards. But our perception of measurement appears to be such, and then you feel that. On top of, you feel that, and you ain't even got no planet right there that you feel. It's just something that's in some type of geometric angle to a point in space or where something was when you were born. Okay. So Venus and Mercury. So Venus retrograde. You're telling me it's a retrograde because Venus is traveling past the Earth. I can dig it because the Earth appears to be going backwards. I can take that. And it's Venus, so therefore all the things associated with Venus relationships, finances, so forth, we can deal with that. Cool. Okay. Now, Venus conjuncts the sun. Why? Because in the morning, I will see Venus rise a little bit before the sun now, and since they're in the same region of space based off my perception, I call it a conjunction. Okay, cool. It's a conjunction. I can take that. Now, what about since Venus does travel faster than the Earth? What about when I take your attention to November, no, I'm sorry, let's go up, let's time travel a little bit, to October the 24th. The sun is at zero degrees Scorpio. Venus, of this year, 2014, Venus is at zero degrees Scorpio. So right now they're dancing together in the sky. The sun, because Venus is retrograding, are technically passing the Earth. It looks like we're going backwards. The sun appears to still be going up through the zodiac signs because we're actually traveling through the zodiac signs. The sun appears to be traveling through the zodiac signs. Venus, since we're losing sight of Venus, and because it appears that we're going backwards because Venus is moving faster, Venus is on her way to the other side of the sun while we're on the other side of the sun. So then when they catch each other again, 
October 24th, Venus and the Earth are conjunct. Venus and the Sun are conjunct, but at this time, Venus is on the other side of the Sun. And so when we look out in the morning, we still see this phenomenon of here comes Venus and here comes the Sun. But the difference is Venus will probably be higher in elevation because she's on the other side of the sun. But yet, why don't we say that's an opposition? It's an opposition to the earth. How is it a conjunction then? And how is it a conjunction now? So if you notice, there will be no Venus retrograde when it conjuncts the sun. When it conjuncts the sun, you're saying that the sun and Venus is in perfect alignment. But when you retrograde, you're saying, hey, a retrograde is really when the planet Earth is in direct alignment with that planet. Hence, the planetary passing takes place. That's a retrograde, when the Earth is in conjunction to a planet. So Venus is not read as an opposition, nor is Mercury. That's weird, but it makes sense, right? So, because you'll never see that in the chart. So we don't get to oppositions until we get to Mars and everything beyond that. We get an opposition. So let's look at, let's look at, um, um, let's, let's, let's do it live. Those of you who know how to work in ephemeris, and ephemeris is a planetary um, tool that we use to track planets in real time in the, in the future, right now, or in the past, because in 2014, we're going to have another phenomenon take place. I think it takes place in April. Um, when do they lock up? Or may, is it May? May the 11th, the sun is at 20 degrees Taurus, and Saturn is at 20 degrees Scorpio. So the Sun and Saturn are in opposition to one another, right? So an opposition from our viewpoint is this. The Sun, when it rises, if we look to the west, we should see Saturn and vice versa. When the Sun sets at night, Saturn will be coming up on the eastern horizon. Because what happens? Really, we're spinning towards the sun in the morning, and then approximately 12 hours later at the opposition point of sunrise, we're in complete opposite of the sun and sun is setting. We now spin into the direction where we see another planet that's blinking like a star because maybe it's actually reflecting the light of the sun in our reality. Thus, we start to respond to a sun opposition Saturn, but we're really just responding to reflected sunlight. Oh, yeah. That's what's taking place. We are responding to reflected points in space of sunlight. So the Earth and Saturn are actually in direct alignment to one another. But you don't read this as Saturn conjuncts the Earth. From our viewpoint, which is the key observation, the sun rose, and when the sun set, 
Saturn was coming up, and since they're at two different extreme points on the horizon from my viewpoint, I'm going to call that an opposition. The reason why Venus and Mercury are never in opposition because you will never see Venus on the western horizon when the sun, on the eastern horizon rising when the sun sets. How can you see that when Venus actually is closer to the sun in its rotation? So it's always read as a conjunction and not an opposition. You won't see them at these two extreme points. You can't. You understand that? You cannot see that. So at the most extreme point is when Venus is in conjunct the sun when she is in opposition to you and not when she's where she is right now passing you by, hence the retrograde. So the, when you go through the Venus retrograde, you're going through the Earth-Venus conjunction, and that's a powerful time for you to marry that because by the laws of, of mileage, the closest planets together in the solar system is the Venus-to-Earth relationship approximately only 26 million miles apart. They're the closest ones together. That's why that's the bright and morning star which later can become your evening star, depending on what time it is. When she's the morning star, she's announcing the arrival of the sun, of the sun god Apollo was coming. She precedes him. When she's the evening star, she's out when he sets, and she's in the west. So she's never at two extreme points. So there can be no opposition. So now just take, if you were on Mars, the same thing would be true. So everything is based off your perception of light. Sunlight, that is. So that's the, that's the oxymoron of it. So then when we get to a uh, Saturn conjunction, Saturn conjunct the sun. That means that, 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 mean that the earth is in complete opposite because the earth is all, no matter where you're at on the planet, you always opposite the sun. Check, you're going in the circle around the damn sun. How are you not always in opposition to the sun? So the earth never conjuncts the sun in a sense because we own the earth always in opposition to the earth. So the same law has to apply to these other planets. They never conjunct the sun because they're always at the same distance traveling around the sun. But from our perspective of reality, when they're at the same region or in the same line of space, that feels like a conjunction and it filters down in our reality as such. So somehow, some way, the laws get twisted and bent like the number eight when it gets into this reality. But that's why music, the heaven of the spirit, they give you that eight step in choreography. One, two, three, four, right? Five, six, seven, eight, and one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, eight, right? So it becomes the eight octaves of music. You follow me? But since now we're dealing with the ancients was cold with it, they said, wait a minute, there's 12, but what I tell you all in the Hebrew, the seven rule the 12. The seven rule the 12. That is your science of a circle seven. Because that's all you can see with the visible eye. 
But just because you can't see it surely don't mean it ain't real because Neptune is real, Uranus is real, Pluto is real, uh, uh, Chiron is real, uh, all these asteroids that you can't see, that stuff is real phenomenon because you made up of it anyway. It just don't have a strong imprint on you as strong as that zodiac belt. And the reason why the zodiac belt is so strong on you because based off your view, these constellations appear to be rising and setting so they have more of a gravitational pull on you. So you ever seen the sun when it come up in the morning? It looks so beautiful and majestic and red and orange. And the moon, when she first come up, when she full, be like, oh, my God, it looks so big. But later in the day as she ascends towards the south, she becomes a regular-looking moon. So it was this path that the planets travel that we said, what constellations are these? Oh, that's Libra, that's Aries, that's Taurus, that's Gemini, that's Aquarius. Okay, well, these have an effect on human behavior because it appears that the planet, because the planet, guess what, ain't even there either. The constellation is light years away from it. But it's in this, this direct same alignment. So since it's in the alignment, then we take note of these 12 planets right here, and we're going to call it Jesus was walking with the 12 disciples. Right? We're going to call it 12 inches on a ruler. We're going to call it the science of the number 12. All right? So this is a universal phenomenon. So what is the solution? Tell you the solution. And this is what we're working hard on. It's really uh, a two-step thing, well, three. One, because remember, we're dealing with the planets. So therefore, if we're dealing with planets, we're dealing with light, then we need to understand that light actually has a sound. Yes, light has a sound. So you know these are tones, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know them as tones. You know them as chakra centers in your body. But I'm going to tell you something. It's different philosophies, meaning it's different coordination points to say this equals this and that equals that. Of course, as an Aquarian, we have, our, we have a system that fits the age because you've got to know what age you're in. Huh? See, what if God changes his name based off the age that he's in? What about that? What about, what about when, when Ezekiel had a vision and he saw these four faces, they corresponded to the four fixed signs of the zodiac. When you look at the world card on the tarot, it's the same signs and talk about the age that we in. So it's the Aquarius, it's the Leo, it's the Taurus, it's the Scorpio. When you add them up astrologically by their numerical order, it equals 26. So the, the sacred name of the creator equals 26. What if God changed his name based off the age that you in? So before you had Ptah, now you got Amin-Ra, now you got, you got Tutmos, now you got Ra, now you got, you got all these different gods because when you saw it in Kemet was you had the realms out there, then they paid homage to the bull. And then from that, you see, you see what I'm saying? So, so they were already dealing with a celestial influence. A celestial age depicts the name of the God and how the frequency is going to work within man. Your God changes, just like the seasons change, but it's a rhythm to the change. 
He's doing a 12 step, but a 12 and half a six because the zodiac signs mirror each other, so this dude is really doing a six step. But within this six step, he got seven planets to rule it, so he's really doing this six, seven type of thing. We're talking about pineal vision up to your crown to become illuminated by seeing into the realm of the creator. So now the seven ruling has sound. So now if we know that we're scattered light and we can identify how we're scattered light, that light will correspond to a sound wave in your ear. Because obviously the brainwave patterns, the cellular communication, electromagnetism, is off a little bit inside of the body. This is why you say, oh, I want peace, but you don't have peace. This is how you say, I want to do this, but I didn't get it. But I thought I really wanted to do this. Why are we not getting the things that we want? Because the electricity inside of the body is, is not firing correctly and there's a mismatch. But let me give it to you in another way. Your seventh chakra in your body, for body bodily functions, somehow has been rewired and is ruling over your first chakra. Or it's ruling over your second, so when you're trying to create something sexually, it ain't happening for you because the electricity in your body has not been wired correctly. Because you chose to be born at a time when the constellations wasn't on the correct area of space, and some of these planets weren't in um, constellations that they do well in, on top of being in a wrong area of space. Here's an example of another oxymoron in astrology. You can say that I want to know about... Uh, uh, what's up with my man? And I'm going to get me a man. I'm going to get me a woman. Okay, cool. Let's go look at the constellation on the seventh house. Check. Because that's your inner psychology on how you operate in a relationship. Now, let's go find that planet that rules that constellation. That's two things we just did. Now, he's over here acting over here in this energy, expressing this type of energy. Let's just say that planet's in Aries. Wait a minute. Now let, me, let me give you, let me take the picture in full color for you. Let's start it all over. I want to know what's up with relationships, Ampu. I'm talking to myself. Well, Ampu was born with the planet, uh, with the constellation Capricorn on the seventh house cusp. Okay, that means that Saturn rules his relationships, which means that he can either, A, have a very successful relationship, it's going to be hard work, longevity, very strenuous, but if he stays at it real hard, it's going to pay off, and it means that he never wants to let go, which can be a detriment if, if not, if things ain't working, right? Because every planet has an upside and downside. Okay, now, where is the planet Saturn when you're born? In Leo? Oh, snap. That's a detriment. It is? Yeah, it don't do well there. Oh, snap. I have to develop that. Now, what house is it in? It's in the second house. Okay, now it has an effect on your money. Oh, so now you psychologically relate into relationships in a career fashion, 
You ain't even trying to relate on a lovey-dovey type of fact. You relate to career like you relate to a relationship like it's a business, like it's a career. And it's inside your money house in detriment in a sign that represents romance. So now you have a limited expression of romance because all you keep thinking about is the money with that in a second. You understand what I'm saying? Now, let's add some aspects to that. That's where it's Uranus, and then you have a cluster of energy in the eight in opposition to that. And it's trying that. So now we got to start to add on all these different configurations that's going on. Why? Because you've got a light that's out of pocket. Right? So how do you fix that? That becomes the question. How do you fix that? Since we know what's going on here, I know the tone. I know the sound. I know, I know the infrastructure of what the planet is actually working with. Know the area of space. See? The first thing is <clears throat> on the evolution aspect, it says you have to become aware and make an effort to break a cycle of a thinking process that becomes unconscious. Meaning, unconscious meaning you're not aware of a program that's running in the background. So on your computer, when you hit Alt-Control-Delete and go to, to applications, you start to see all these different processors or processors running the computer. But you ain't even on that. Those of you who got websites, when you go to your admin to see the beauty, you behind the back door about to make something appear. God is a computer programmer, and, and, and the computer is everything in reality. And then he's a jellyfish. So the unconscious is conscious is you not being conscious of something. Don't mean that it ain't, it ain't real. It, it's just you're not conscious of a program that's running. So the first thing we need to do is step out of the routine so we can look at ourselves. And it is only through that contemplation that we can become aware of the unconscious script. Then you must observe it without responding to it is the key. Why? Because when you respond to it, it starts to produce a chemical in the body. You start to respond. And that's the process. So let, let, me, let, me, let me speed it up to, to a, 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 a real case scenario. So I shared this before. I shared it with, um, um, you see it with, with, with what we call um, past life regression. You have to get past your conscious mind to get into the subconscious mind to understand where the unconscious reality is running. So when I said we did that technique with Sister Rashida and, and the healing was spontaneous, in this case with the asthma, poof, be gone, 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 gone. It's because, again, sometimes and oftentimes the issues come in from the soul's memory. See, remember, in Egypt, your soul 
and your spirit, the bot and the car, are represented by personalities. One is a headless man who got his arms in the air. Another one is the face of a human being with a falcon body. What kind of madness is that? It's showing you personality traits of your being when you're physically dead, so-called dead. You ain't even dead, obviously, because they keep depicting something as a person, whether it's headless or whether his head is on the bird, that has an aspect of consciousness that goes on. So you come in this reality with baggage. You scattered light. And you take a little bit of your mama and daddy's scattered light into this incarnation with you as well in your soul's record of the things that you have done as well, on top of all these geometric configurations that we got to figure out, okay? So that's one when we get into the subconscious mind. It's a true story. Mantra is introduced to the conscious mind sound repetitively, 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 to beat the conscious mind into submission, bow down through repetition so the subconscious mind will make it an automatic program to rewrite the script for your reality. So mantra, sound, repetition, which means dedication. Oh, yes, that means dedication. Remember being in boot camp. Mama, mama got a lot of dedication. Dedication. Okay? So sound, you listen to sound. You listen to music and you start moving. You start vibrating. You start gyrating. You start twerking. You start percolating. You start doing it all. You start moving through sound. Sound moves your body. So now if sound moves your body, and that's something that we can relate to for sure, sound moves the body, then we got to know how to administer the correct sound to the correct location to reconfigure and bring the universal principle to the place where it's supposed to be. So say, Bob, your emails, because that's what we've been in the lab doing. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, I'm telling you, oh, no, 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 we got the, we got the most, man, phenomenal solution to get right, to get whole, to become a whole body. Because you are the cosmos, you are the cosmobod. That's you. I just showed you that because we know that all the signs and planets govern a physical portion of our body, inner and out. But see, it can have a gravitational pull on the wrong area. It governs that universally, but where was that when you were born? It's interfacing, it's, it's, it's crossing the wires in a different part of your body. That's what I'm trying to bring home. We got to correct that because that interface ain't nothing but the electrical current, and that electrical current can be directed through sound. Okay? And a reprogramming, which is the other part, 
of the mind, the mind science. So when they're talking about this new science called psychoneuroimmunology, psycho is a study of the mind, okay? Neuro is talking about the brain. Immunology is just talking about how it is the study of ology, the study of how your body is immune to things. Basically, how can you heal yourself with your mind? Come on, man. You live in a world where the mind is the most powerful thing. Think it and so, so shall it be. So if you get a little rash on your arm, why can't you say, look at it and say, rash, be gone, and it's gone. It does what you say do since you're in control. Maybe you're not in control. Or maybe, maybe you just simply have to learn how to control and direct that current of function within the body. That's all you got to do. So we have to rewire certain circuits. Yes. Yes, we have to rewire certain circuits because the thing deals with the human experience, man. So that's what we own. That's what we own over here, myself and the prime minister, working on some serious things to help you in 2014. What do you say? 2014, the year of Osiris. Osiris was resurrected and made whole again. We have to become whole in 2014. The Lord of the Black Osiris represents the subconscious or what you, the subconscious slash unconscious dark realm. I am Ampu, the son of Osiris, the Lord of the underworld. Eighth house stellum, the underworld. How the mind works, the eighth house, that's its function, is to show you the deep abyss of the mind and how you transform your body with your mind. Know your cosmic blueprint. Know your cosmic seal. Who you represent down here in this reality. What forces work with you? You can work with all of them. But if, if your heart is closer to your, is closer than your feet are, right? It's easier for you to touch your heart or closer than it is to bend down and touch your feet. So the spiritual forces that you're trying to call upon may be energies in your body that's at the feet, but you're looking for a fast result, and you don't know you need to spend a little bit more time because the energy you thought you were working with was at the heart ain't there for you. It's at the feet. I'm going to come off the gas. I'm going to come off the gas. I just want y'all to really understand the deafness, man, of what's taking place, what needs to take place to deal with the mind. Understand astrology is just one of many tools, man. So many spiritual tools out there, so many different spiritual systems that you can indulge yourself in. Whatever cultivates your soul, feel free to do that. It's about being the best person that you can be. Set out each day with the goal to be the best person through your conduct, through your actions. 
making a conscious effort to evolve your brain. So with this course coming up, that's part of the process. With the Inner Peace Lighthouse that we have in Colorado and Denver, that's, that's where we're directing the current effort you to come to high elevation and start indulging your mind. Start getting this thing firing off inside of yourself. You're a magnificent being. You're starlight. You ain't never supposed to die. Ain't no such thing as death. The key is can we become cognizant of ourselves in the state of so-called death? I would like to remember you if I meet you again with clarity. I don't want to have to use divination tools to, 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 to figure it out. I want to remember next time. I don't want to say that, oh, okay, your son is here, my son is there. Wow, this is this and that. I, I don't want to do that. I want to know you of memory. The tool is great. But, see, we got to start doing other exercises because we're supposed to know all these things. And, and us not knowing ain't bad. It's a protection mechanism to stop you from going crazy. Not supposed to remember what you did four years ago on on the thirteenth of May at at seven a.m. You go crazy if you compute all that data. You go crazy if you were consciously aware of telling your tissue tissue you must now heal this particular wound. I need you to send some enzymes over from my liver. Liver, I need you to start secreting this. You go bananas if you were a part of that function consciously where you had to take the time out to operate every bodily function. It does it by itself for you back in the program from the creator. So we have to start to knock on the door of the creator within our mind because it's time for us to absorb more light. All right? And I said I wasn't going to do it. What time? But this is the finale. This is it. It's the last show for Sundays because um, I'm up on Thursdays every other Thursday, but over there I'll do what I do, you know. But uh, I'm not – I ain't going to say what I'm not going to do as far as reading. I take a few of your calls. If you got questions, go ahead and press 1. 347-364, what's happening? You there? 347-364. All righty, moving on then. 973-280, what's happening? What's up, my uncle? This is the general. What up, what up? What it do? Yo, I just wanted to let you know that uh, um, last week when you were talking about the, the um, I think it was the Virgo uh, in my 10th house, and you were talking about I would make a good supervisor and so forth and so on. Last week, uh, I had I got a phone call, and they offered me a job, and I talked to the man, and he said that um, that's what he want me to do. He want me to come in and um, and perform the one of the duties be one of the duties would be um and uh supervisory capacity. Alhamdulillah, brother. Congratulations, man. 
you yeah, know? so I mean, it's it's um it, it's uh, it's all out there, and um you know it's it's when you I mean I I think that's what the consciousness thing is 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 coming to a realization that we do have certain abilities, and when we embrace those ability abilities, then not only does it have an effect on our life, we we start to experience experience more of our life. It's it, more of our DNA and our existence is turned on. So the experience becomes greater, and it, and it allows for for more information and in, into us, so we can use and utilize that to to become better beings than what we currently are. Absolutely. So, oh, and um, I'm, I'm, I, I got on the line late, so I missed what you said was Gemini on the 10th, no, on the 12th house. <clears throat> friends who are secret enemies um, or brothers and brothers, I'm not friends, brothers and sisters who could be secret enemies or people who talk too much uh, that are gossip is the source of spiritual attack. Um, but the high side is this is one of the highest spiritual illuminations that you can get because it's the communication factor because it's ruled by Mercury. So Mercury is, is how you process the mind. And so it's in your brain. It's in the head. So therefore, um, spiritual influx of energy from the creator to the 12th house is coming directly to your head. This is a spiritual teacher, somebody who has something to say and should write their dreams and should write all of their spiritual experiences out. There should be some form of communicating that, whether they communicate to the public or just simply have a personal journal. Writing is therapeutic for this person's spiritual growth. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, the, 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 to me what I found is the more we choose to engage ourselves willingly, the more... The, the more power that we actually have, we we remove that. I think doubt and fear is one of the biggest uh, conquerors of us during our existence. So we can get, if we can remove doubt and fear from our mindset, then uh, everything else is going to be gravy. I mean, you know, it's, it, we go into that that automated thing, like you were saying, like we don't we don't we don't have to think about. Um, um, the white blood cells going to to form um, that clotting thing when we cut ourselves, and we don't have to think about those things. That it's 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 on an automatic thing. So, but the more we engage, then the more that we know about that stuff, then the the easier it becomes. And like I said, then we move to a higher level. That's that's what the whole thing is about. It's a it's a progression. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Big Brown. So I, I greatly appreciate your time, and I'm going to let you go. Maybe you can get another call in. Yo, peace. Yes, sir. You got it. Peace, brother. I appreciate you, man. <clears throat> so that's interesting. So see? So last week I tell him that marker on the 10th house denotes authoritative positions and supervising, and he gets that job. Why? Because... He's responding, or people in his physical work environment responded to him in a way 
because, see, a light is electromagnetism, right? So, therefore, it has a charge. So, that means that I can attract something with light. I can attract certain things. It's like the moth that goes to the flame. So, the reason why I chose you to be the supervisor is because something inside of my being obviously is attracted to it, but the people who are doing the choosing don't know that they're really attracted to him based off starlight. And the reason this happened in his life, he's responding to a celestial point in the sky. And the mere fact that he has enough magnetism in his own mind, which is really the key, he has enough magnetism in his own mind, body, and soul to concentrate on that particular point, and then it materialized in one week. All right? And speaking of that, shout out to everybody in the Miracle Prayer Program. And I'll, I'll, let me give a disclaimer to me. I'm going to get on y'all. I'm going to get on y'all. Um, I, you know, with the, with, the, with the book club that I put together called 28 Days of Magic, um, 28 Days of Success, uh, when we were reading the book called The Magic, uh, some of the most phenomenal things took place that I've ever been a part of, monetary-wise, even spiritual-wise as well, where the group was easily able to accumulate over $14,000 as a collective of unexpected funds. Um, you know, spirituality is my thing. I'm a non-a-diamond. A non-a-diamond means um, that I give, and, and I give, I give, I give. But if you get something, man, don't feel, don't, don't, don't feel ashamed to say, you know what, brother, I'm going to send you 10% of that because the church got to keep functioning, and, that, and that, that's the truth. I understand it's an energetic exchange. My job is to let you know when the window is open. You know what I'm saying? But I don't say that much, but I thought I'd have to say that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know a good friend of mine, colleague as well, he may tell people, if I, if I show you this, you've got to promise me that you donate 10% back. And that's keeping, remember when I first met Jew, he was always talking, got to keep the line straight, keep the line straight. You know what I'm saying? And that's really keeping the line straight. And there's something inside of that giving technique. All right? But, People are doing phenomenal, phenomenal work and making a lot of progress um, inside of this miracle prayer class. I'll do it again in the latter part of the year, and I may do the book club again. Um, Y'all got to get in when you fit in, because if you notice certain things that we're only doing, I'm only doing certain things once a year. I can't keep doing the same thing every year because it'll get redundant for me. I'm very much into someone mastering it and carrying on the lineage of it and improvising on it, and we can work together on it without me necessarily being the one that has to facilitate it, okay? Uh, I am just the opener of the way. I sit here by the gateway at the crossroads to help you, give you a flashlight and tell you, good luck, the path is down there, all right? All right, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, look like I'm going to North CAC, 336501. What's happening? Hey, how you doing, Aunt Pooh? This is Christy Abrams. Hey, you said Christy? Christy Abrams? Yeah. Christy Abrams. Hey, what's happening? What's going on how with you? you? I guess I did. Yes, I did come up for me. But how are you? I'm good. A great show. Thank you for inviting me to it. I came in late, and um, I didn't hear what you were saying about um, Taurus and the 11th. I'm uh-huh. recently transitioning from doing a lot of writing and going uh-huh. to doing videos and things like that for my practice. So I was interested uh-huh. in hearing what you were saying. Yeah, Taurus on 11th, um, I had that placement as well. Uh, well, a little bit of it. Um, 
that's friends with money. So your friends should be, you value your friends, um, but it's, it's being involved with groups of people who can financially help you out and vice versa. You don't even want to make it all about you receiving. But it, it's about you being in financial friendships. Um, that's what they should be centered around. Or if it's not necessarily more than money, then it's something that just deals with the pure value. You're just genuinely a great friend and you value that. You know what I mean? But if you want the money, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't be afraid to ask groups of people for money. You probably have that, that. That's a great setting for you to pitch ideas to groups of people, especially when Venus becomes in a favorable position. You can do a PowerPoint presentation about how you need some financing, and you will probably succeed with getting it from a group. So that's what that is. Okay. And what was Weaver on the 11th? I didn't catch that one either. Um, friends, friend, your friend, your lover, your relationship is your friendship, and that's great. It's just with the 11th house, it's unorthodox, a little bit of an Aquarian feel, so it may feel like, ah, we friends. We ain't necessarily lovers, so it's kind of like the perfect homie lover friend type of feel, but at the mm-hmm. core of it, your relationships, business partnerships slash personal relationships are um, predicated on friendship. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to go back to Taurus for a minute because I have Chiron is in Taurus in the 11th, and it's opposing okay. my natal Uranus that's in Scorpio. And we all know, you know Saturn is transiting Scorpio right now. So right. <laughs> for me, quite mm-hmm. a bit. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how to work with that, that aspect of, you know, <laughs> Chiron opposing Uranus and then Saturn's there too. Right, Saturn could jump Uranus. And a lot of us got that who was born with Uranus and Scorpio at that time with Saturn. It's going to be an oxymoron. The, the thing is, Saturn says, nope, slow down. Uranus is like, listen, i got to break out of here. Um, but what it's really all about is identifying the change that you need to make. Um, but it being in opposition to Chiron, Chiron can be read as two things. It can be read as a healing component that needs to take place inside of friends and groups of people or, or which you hold valuable, period, whatever you hold valuable with technology, right? That's why you're changing because you, I'm going from audio to video because the 11th house is the house of technology. Uranus in opposition to that says, ah, I'm about to change. Naturally, you was born with you're going to have sporadic thoughts of changing anyway and switching it up. You can't get stuck. Saturn here says, listen, you can change all you want to. That's fine. Just don't be inconsistent. Saturn wants consistency. Uranus only acts up when things need to be broke and it's just, it just don't fit no more. It's time to break right. the mold. He's a volcano. So sometimes he erupts, sometimes he don't. If he don't, you own your path. If you suddenly got to break the mold, then it's time for you to change, and Saturn is here to crystallize that change. So it's actually a great tag team tandem, and that's why they co-rule Aquarius together. So if not, if it's just pure Uranus, then it's too lofty, it's too idealistic, it's too out there and sporadic. Saturn says, slow down, let me balance those sporadic thoughts out and crystallize them for you. So in opposition to Chiron says, okay, once I represent the changes that I'm going to make in the technology sector and start to group myself up with friends and people who have some financial IQ about themselves and I value my friendships dearly, that I start a healing aspect inside of my life that turns into A, either monetary growth or B, just appreciation of true value inside of yourself. 
it, and that so makes a whole lot go. of that makes mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. I work is healing in groups. That's what I do. I teach right. people how to heal. And um, yeah. I got a in writing too. I, I heard what you said, Gemini in, in the twelfth, and you know I got Gemini in the twelfth, and um, also um, I think our charts are a whole lot of light and poop because I got Leo third, but my Mercury is combust my sun. Um, and, and so writing is really naturally a healing thing for me. And I used to hide, hide in the shadows and kind of write and that's what I do. But now I'm teaching, um, a workshop on writing for healing. So, I mean, Uh there's a lot of different shifts going on. So I can definitely see the changes that are going on. Everything you're saying is making complete sense to me. That's, that's great. Well, share, share your website, um, with with the audience and we, so we can check you out. Okay, well, my website is christylynnabram.com, and um, on there you'll find a lot of amazing things, a lot of free e-courses and videos and information about my upcoming workshops are on there. I also offer coaching, um, holistic holistic healing is my background, so Reiki, reflexology, chakra healing, crystal healing, you name it, I can do it. But more importantly, I teach you how to do it yourself so you can carry it on through your lineage. Give it to your children, let your children give it to their children. So, you know, that's pretty much my path. So check me out. Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Hit me up. I'll see you on Facebook. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. You got it. All right. All right, call it from the six five zero three eight four. Peace. Hey, what's happening, peace? Hey, this is um Ebony from California. Ebony, what's happening? Um, just calling to chime in on uh, the subject. I actually mm-hmm. have twelve. My twelfth house is um Scorpio, and mm-hmm. I wanted to know is my Scorpion boyfriend. How does that really work out? Because his son is Scorpio, and my 12th house is Scorpio. No, snappy, nap, nap, nap. Two things. The energy is twofold, right? Um, um, the 12th house, they say, traditionally is a house of secret enemies. So we can say, well, hey, he got dark secrets and it's a secret enemy. That's not true. Scorpio is the most loyal sign of the zodiac. So therefore, in the 12th house of spiritual illumination, once you can get there. So now, since he's the sun, he's the sun shining his rays in the most mystified, darkest, uh, uh, foggiest house in the whole chart. So he's here to enlighten you. So sometimes, even through what we perceive to be the negative exchange of the lies and the secret enemies and Scorpio with the sex affairs type of thing that's a secret, that serves as a point of spiritual enlightenment too. You see what I'm saying? See, we are only really here to experience things and experience them one more time so we can learn how to adapt and evolve from it. In other words, you program DNA. DNA don't program you. That's the key here. So we're here to learn how to experience reality and get the best 
out of it for the sake of evolution. You see what I'm saying? So all bad experiences are really great experiences, especially if you believe in the God and that God allowed you or even decreed, declared, and sentenced you to experience that which you do not like. See what I'm saying? So you only hear that from that. So it goes, it's really all good no matter what. You see what I'm saying? But at the core, and I was describing it earlier, I like it because it's sex magic illumination. It's really a divine thing. He has the ability to channel. Like with, with that kind of thing, your, your mate being a Scorpio on a 12, you're already into spiritual sciences because you're on this show asking questions that you already know about yourself because you already know where this is at in your life. You're consciously connecting yourself from star particles and dust, which you come from and which compose of your physical body. So that is a great thing in itself. What this combination is, you need to look into the future, uh, and, you know, first you say, hey, I want to give birth to a Libra because this Libra I child, did. I want, you know, see? So I, 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 you know, it's just synchronicity. We just build it. I can pick up on it. I will use that as an example because you got you to understand when we start bridging our consciousness like that, we're creating a solar network. Uh, 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 it's just a web. It's a web of waves that's around the earth that we all can synchronize our minds to and become this one field. That's why it's important for us to eat dinner together at the table and, and, and pray together and, and form circles and stuff. But, you know, y'all can give birth to gods and goddesses consciously because Scorpio is the power of regeneration. It is the only constellation that the creator said, okay, if you want to have that great act of sex, if you want to recreate yourself and have some of the most orgasmic feeling in the world, then... I'm going to put that feeling right here. So for you, it's in the house of illumination where you meet the creator in the house of God where you remove the veil of the full house. So through that act which you mate, y'all can bring in divinity through the sexual act. That's what y'all need to be on. Wow. And it's crazy because, like, my, my main fear was, you know, a partner because when I first I, – I have herpes or whatever, and, like, when I first found out I had I was, like, 20. And that's, like, the peak – so, you know, dating life and all of that. And I personally felt like mm-hmm. probably just snatched away a little bit. And when I met my guy, it was like, okay, I was a little bit standoffish, and I knew I had it for like a couple of years. But then when I told him, he was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? All right, that, that's not really nothing. And to me, that was like the the darkest secret that I had. And then it was like, right. I don't know, once I started sharing like to, what was to me my darkest secrets with him, it was just like he the way he accepted him, it was just like, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And then it was just like, oh, well, they're not that bad. So then it's crazy because last night, I mean, the night before last, you know, we we were intimate. You know what I'm saying? And it's just crazy because the the feelings that I get when I'm intimate with him, even with our open relationship, is just like they so magical. It just feel like, damn, mm-hmm. oh my god. <laughs> so then mm-hmm. yesterday he actually went to jail. He got arrested for um, you know, yeah, 12, yeah. whatever, whatever. Right. Man, but then as they were telling me that he he had got arrested or whatever, I called the jail, you know, made sure he was all right and everything like that. And then I was like, okay, I told my cousin, I said, all right, I just need to pray. And then she went out the room and I said, I don't even want to talk about it right now because I don't want to put any negative energy on it. I just need to pray him out of there. And I, I immediately just, you know, did my evening gung which is my numyo renge kill, but then I did the, like I said, the gung part of it and um, basically just meditated for like, you know, 
a good part of the night, and they told me call back at like 8.45, and by the time I called back at 8.45, they was like, oh, you know, we don't have him in our system. He's been released, and then he didn't have a phone or anything, so by the time we went down to get him or, you know, he was at the, like, train station, he left the jail, and I'm just talking to him telepathically is crazy that she, <laughs> it's just so right. crazy because, like, I was talking to him telepathically as we were going down to get him from the jail. You know, he was down at the train station, like I said, but we had no way to contact each other. So I'm talking to him like, okay, babe, we usually meet each other telepathically. We usually find out where each other at with no phone, with no nothing, just by our love for each other. And then it was crazy. Right. Like, as soon as I got done saying that, my cousin was like, there he goes right there. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Right, so, right, uh, right. right. That, that's the bond. Y'all have to, y'all just have to practice exercises to move with one another. Whether it's lining up, and just, it, it, whatever y'all do on a spiritual plane, take time out to make a, a spiritual regiment with one another so y'all can always do that. So y'all hone in on each other like birds, you know. That's excellent. Thank, yeah, thank you for sharing. And, uh, Man, thank you. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, keep me posted with you. And you got any other questions, just feel free to hit me up. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What we got on time? Man? Got like 30 minutes left. We had 615294. We're going down to Nashville. What's happening? Hey, Uncle. Good afternoon. Hey, um, what's going on? Nothing. I'll. You know, I really wanted to list. I mean, I usually listen every Sunday, but I like when I got the email, I really had to listen today because I necessarily I don't have anything in my 11th or 12th house. But mm-hmm. recently, I have been going through an an emotional roller coaster with betrayal with so called friends. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I consider myself to be a good friend, but. Um, I just have been dealing with a lot of um, people who haven't, not a lot, but, you know, just certain people who have not been loyal to me who, you know, who posed to be, who are supposed to be my friend and is pertaining to love issues. And also at work I was also dealing with um, betrayal with a coworker and it was also pertaining to a love issue where, you know, I, I consider myself to be young. I'm in my late 20s, but I never, ever asked anybody to hook me up. And this coworker tried to hook me up with her, her husband's, like, best friend. Come to find out this man was 60 years old and nowhere to live. You know, and I'm just like, what what is going on? Like, why? Like, you know, I just, I'm not understanding it. But I don't have anything in my 11th or 12th house, but... You know, it's just been a lot of betrayal pertaining to love from from my workplace mm-hmm. and from so-called friends. Mm-hmm. What what sign is on your eleventh house? I don't I don't have anything in my eleventh house or twelfth house. No, 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 no. You gotta have it, but it's a zodiac sign that's there. A zodiac sign. Yeah, there's a sign. It may not be a planet there, but it has to be a zodiac sign that falls on that house. Oh, well, then I'm not sure then because I thought that once I thought if it was just blank, it was just blank, so. Oh, no, 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 no. See, the reason why that's not true, and that's what I'm saying about the oxymoron of astrology, is because you don't have nothing there, but it's a constellation that governs that area. You just don't have planets in that region of space when you were born. 
However, that constellation has a planet that naturally rules that. We need to find out what the constellation is so we can find out what planet rules it and then go take a look at that planet because that planet is given off the frequency uh, of that experience for you. You see what I'm saying? So regardless okay. of you having a, uh, any planets there, every house has a natural, well, in this case, it has a ruler, and that's defined by the constellation that governs that house. So we need to figure out what house is on um, that constellation. I'm sorry, yeah, and that's how we figure that out, you know. Okay. And and do will I just go to my natal chart and look it up? Yeah, or, I mean, absolutely. You just go to your natal chart, and um, once you do that, you can just look at your eleventh house cusp and see what zodiac sign is right there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Huh? That's how that's how you do that. Okay. Well, well, that was it. But do do you have any explanation of like? This um, what could be like in the air with all this these like sudden it, betrayals. I would, have, so yeah. I would have to know. That's, that's why I need. Personally. Right. That's how I would need. I would need to know what's what. Where is it for you? So, say for example, you know, you got uh, whatever. Let's just say you you have you have uh, Aries right there, and Aries Aries is ruled by Mars, but Mars in the sky is not in a great configuration right now because, you know, it could be squaring uh, Pluto and in opposition to Uranus. So this is, some, this is some funk right here. This is some beef about to jump off. So I can't say for you personally because I do not know what constellation you have that is lording over your experience. So I can't okay. say. Well, speaking of Aries, this is the um, second time in my life that I've had another Aries friend befriend me and also betray me. Like, I'm going through this again. Like, back um, when I was about, right when I had started college, I had an Aries friend. And, like, this Aries friend, she she befriended me, but she also was the one to betray me, and we had a huge falling out. Well, at the same token, um, um, close to like nine months ago, I had another female friend who who befriended me, and she was also she's also an Aries. And this same woman, I mean, it's a different person, but she's an Aries, and she right. also is, you know, betraying me. Is there anything with you know Aries just not being good friends or well, anything? Well, I can't. That's a general statement, and I can't say because that's personal for you. But, like, again, like the last caller, you know, like, like you know, it seems like my psychic vibe is up today. So I could have said Aries, and that could really be it. Like Spirit told me to say that as an example because that could be it. If that is the case, we still need to look at what Mars is doing when you were born, but I picked that because I know Mars in the sky is in a harsh configuration right now, and it's going to create issues. So if that is the case with Aries people, you're going to experience that. But Aries people, period, across the board is going to experience some issues because of this configuration in the sky. But so is some other, other um, signs, Capricorn, Libra, and, 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 um, and the other one. Yeah, that's set off. So, yeah, that, that, they're going to experience that. But, again, I will have to know your chart configuration to give you the details. So I just can't say, yeah, Aries is the culprit. Aries is going to act up right now because of what's in the sky. So is Libra. 
So it's Capricorn. And uh, I keep it. It's strong in my brain right now. It's another song, too, that's a cardinal song. Well, I, Cancer. Yeah. Well, I'm a Libra. I am a, yes. I am a Libra. My, um, so Libra my and Aries Libra. are in opposition. That, that's the issue. The issue is Libra is in opposition to Aries. Libra is 7 o'clock on the wall clock. Aries is 1 o'clock. The sun was in these positions when these two people were born, you and these so-called friends, and that's a conflict. So it's a conflict of willpower. It's a conflict of the ego. It's a conflict of the dominant expression of energy, period, because that's what the sun is. So it's like y'all keep look – at, look at a wall clock, one to seven. Y'all facing each other. Friends don't face each other. Friends stand side by side and move forward. A face-off is a face-off. It's a fight. It's like having beta fish or having two pit bulls look at each other. We don't like when people stand in front of us and just stare at us. It's disrespectful. We don't like that. So that's what happens when you come into the vicinity of Aries. But is that to blame Aries? No. Why do you attract that experience? You are the air that fuels the fire. Libra is an air sign. Fire needs air to breathe. How are you attracting this experience? So it comes back to you in a sense. You see what I'm saying? You just have to be cautious of who your opposition is and who are the signs that are at sideways angles that potentially give you a little bit more stress. And then the same holds true for signs that's a little bit more productive. But to get into that, call the show Friday where we can do free readings. We give you take your time and we can look at it to pinpoint that and give you a little bit more clarity. But you got to call in at 11.45 sharp. And I apologize for those of you who, who, who called in last Friday. We didn't have a radio show because I was super busy. But call in Friday at 11.45 East Coast time and you can get a free reading. Okay. Thank you, Anto. Okay. All right. You got it. All right, 205-616, what's happening? What's up, Sampu? Uh, this is Demetrius. I'm taking your Miracle Prayer course. Yeah, what up, Demetrius? What's happening? What up? Um, I heard all this stuff about planets, but what about solutions? If you have some planets messing you, messing you up. Right. Remember, I said the solution is when we get into um, – what we're going with it is you can go mantra, which is which is, is repetitive sound, repetitive sound, re- repeating the sound. That's one that's one way so you can kind of like you got to stamp out the conscious mind um, to reprogram that area with the universal sound. So that's what's actually taking place. But it's, it's a technique that we're working on um, privately that I'm working on. I'm, I, I, it's some serious things that we're doing in a sense to um, – Basically, personally, I'm going to give you, I'm going to get a public personal um, guided sounds that deal with that area of space. So I got a few people that's working on certain things right now that I told them to work with it and whatnot. So that, that's one thing. And then the, 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 the higher science of it, though, is rewiring the brain, literally. That, that's the key to it. And that's what the prime minister is working on, bringing this program out with some cold, sophisticated technology that's going to show you where you were and where you're at now as far as getting your brain firing correctly. And you couple those things together, you're going to be complete and whole again. But as of right now, um, you, can just, you can identify what your issue is as far as the behavior, and like I said, don't respond to it, and then 
muster up the willpower, not that you don't have it, but muster up the willpower so you can stop doing that particular behavior so that activity doesn't produce that um, response inside of your body. And that's what traps us. The chemical, it's the chemical reaction inside of the body that traps us. You see what I'm saying? So using solar power, so you 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 got enough willpower to say, you know what, this is my area of focus now. Even even in the miracle prayer class, uh, one of my biggest obstacles I knocked out in a week. In a week, I was amazed. But see, that goes back to the power uh, of willpower, and 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 the techniques that I'm showing you inside of this class is is we now can specify the planetary body or what's taking place, we know what the prayer is said to do within this week. Write that down on that candle, light that candle, and then you have to give it all away. You have to give it all away to the divinity of that fire or what's taking place with those divine and allow that energy to transmute. So no matter what we do, Demetrius, we are doing it from the mere thought mind, whether we're going to exercise and not be fat boys no more, or whether we're going to uh, cure ourselves uh, from disease with our mind, or whether we're going to go feed Dr. Sebi in Honduras, we're going to have to make our mind up to do it first. So it always going to start there. You just have to make your mind up on how you're going to deal with it, because you already know the issue. And since you know that, you're now responsible genetically because your DNA says, okay, Demetrius knows that he don't want to do this no more. So we're about to start working on a blueprint to bring about a new reality. Uh-oh, Demetrius abort the mission. He's going back towards chaos again. Chaos already has this chemical expression in your body, and it says, here it is again. What you doing trying to do that? Now, now you relapse. You see what I'm saying? So since you already know, you just have to continue every single day. That's what 12 steps is. The 12 steps is a, the 12 steps of AA ain't nothing but talking about the zodiac signs. What you have to do is just take these little cosmic steps consistently. That's why Saturn is the Lord, consistently to pound out the old behavior and keep on working towards that which you're working towards, and you're going to get it. That's universal law. It cannot come to you if, you, if, if you're working for it. It's impossible for it not to come to you. That's not how it works down here. Okay, so like after we finish the seven weeks, like keep doing Anamakoa and focus on your issue. Just keep doing that. You can absolutely. If okay. you have an issue, okay. You have issues, absolutely. But you start start I, right there because that's really divine. But start right there. I think it's Saturn messing with me, and I think it's what we're working on this week. But you know. yeah, he he messed with everybody, man. And um, no, we not on. We not on. We ain't on Saturn. In fact, Saturn is not a part of the program uh, as far as the seven week aspect goes. Um, but he, you know, the way he's configured in the sky, he's messing with a lot of people. Uh, and don't, don't worry, you know, Saturn is the great, he's a great builder. So he's really building something for you. You know what I'm saying? You just got to see what the message is and whatnot. Okay, I don't see what that message is. He's messing with me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, too, call the show, too, man. If you want a free reading, call, call okay, the show so I'll we can look at that chart right. and we, we can spin it. But remember, y'all, y'all got to call in at 1145 on the dot because that line be packed up pretty fast. And we only can get about five calls in an hour. Yeah, 11.45 Eastern right. time. Yeah. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. Later. You got it. You brought up a point. I wanted to mention something. But 646-510, what's happening? 
Hi, peace. Uh, this is Kayla. I'm calling from New York. I missed the segment on um, Leo in the 12th because I have Leo in my solar 12th. So I just kind of okay. wanted... Leo in the 12th? Yeah, Leo in the 12th um, to represent the extreme cases are uh, daddy and children become a source of spiritual vampires in a sense or secret enemies. Um are addicted to drugs type of thing, or your romantic interests. The high side of it, though, represents a lot of creativity uh, and spiritual light. Remember, the 12th house is considered the house of confusion and the house of cloudiness. Um, and, but in all reality, the sun is here, so the sun represents the brightness. Uh, when you're dealing with the Leo constellation, the shine of the light and becoming the authoritative figure because of the Leo frequency. So now this talks about spiritual illumination. In fact, I think with, with Leo on the 12th and what I didn't say, and I'm glad you brought it up, um, this is perfect for solar work, sun gazing, um, the program we have, Solar Power 111, um, that deals with spiritual illumination from the sun um, because the 12th house, the last house of the will, is spirituality. We know that, and the sun is the one that's responsible for our life force and it's the, it's the center in which all of the planets are revolving around anyway, you see. So the way that you tap into your spiritual aspect is dealing with solar energy at the highest level, but it's also talking about your romantic interest and your love of children and being involved with them on some type of spiritual pursuit, um, teaching them meditation, teaching them prayer, or just making them morally, helping, helping mold their spiritual morals to become better people and connected to God is what that represents. I like Leo on the 12th. There's a lot of light there. I, that, uh, thank you, because I see that with my godchildren. I'm definitely helping them. But um, mm-hmm. because Leo is in my solar 12th, um, I had to cut two people last year. Uh, they're both earth signs, but... One was Leo rising, and the other one had mm-hmm. Venus and Leo. And uh-huh. um, they, I, I put it together, but what, what they had, the connection was deception. And I was like, I don't need this right. in my life. Right, 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 right. Yep. The romantic others could be deceptive, absolutely. All right. And, and um, with Libra on the 11th? Libra on the eleven. Um, I'm just type of friendships. Yeah, um, friendship. Your your relationships, personal and or business, um, they should be your friends. Um, the friendship factor of Aquarius, eleven house, naturally rule. Need a little bit of air, a little unorthodox, so it's a little weird. This is a perfect homie, lover, friend type of thing. But generally, you have close, good, valuable friendships. Um, relationships through friendship, so to speak. So. Uh, relationships, you should be friends with people in a sense. Very good friends with the person who you're involved with. So that's great. It's a great placement because they're compatible. All right. Well, thank you. You're very uh, welcome. Thanks. Okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Where we at? 337-923. Three, three, what's happening? Oh, peace, Uncle. This is Naima. Quit cheating, Naima. What's happening? What's good? Um, you be cheating. What's good? What's the 
I'm, I'm, it's so funny. The last caller has Leo and twelfth is so do I, and that's what I wanted to um talk about. Like, I remember, you know, our last conversation, you was talking about that a little bit, and about um doing stuff with children through music, and um, right. it was something that I had um a connection that I made last year. With a uh-huh. Earth, Wind, and Fire song, and um, uh-huh. you and I think the um, the the OL Love song, the Children of Mod, the um, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire have this song in Devotion, and it was on uh-huh. the album cover, Open Our Eyes, and like if uh-huh. you look at the album cover, it's like them like standing on a mountain and like it sort of like reminded me when y'all go on y'all retreats and take the group photo or whatever. And right. then it was released in 1974, and then you look at the chart positions. It was on a, it went to, it reached number 23 on the U.S. Uh-huh. Billboard Black Singles Chart, and it reached number 33 on the U.S. Billboard Pop Singles Chart. And then uh-huh. you look at the lyrics of the song, the first couple of verses that say, Through devotion, blessed are the children. Praise the teacher that brings true love to many. Your devotion opens all life's treasures and delivers evil. So mm-hmm. I came up with this idea last year where I, I have my own record label and I said I wanted to help charities. So what I wanted to do was, like, make music and, like, sell it and do concerts and, like, all the proceeds that I make from these um from these from the music and from the concerts, I give it to different organizations. And so, what I decided that I said I was gonna do, I was gonna get some of me and some of my other music friends, and we were going to cover this song, Devotion. And I wanted to take the proceeds and give it to the children of my, because yeah. I really think oh, wow. like that song is like talking about you and like that organization. Right. Well, thank you. Uh, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Yeah, that's what the 12th house is. It's about spiritual illumination with children. The 12th house is opposite the 6th house. The 6th house is the house of giving, charity, being of service. The 12th house is a reflection of that uh, in the spiritual component. So with Leo here, you spiritually give to children. That's how you work your stars out. Now, hold on, I've got seven minutes left. Uh, anybody that's on the computer part, you can call in. I've got a few more callers, 818-369-0368. Also, I want to talk to you about um, the um, – we have something on the website. If you go to the membership tab, it is called the New Ari Land Project, where um, we see where we spearheaded some things for um, the children and, and, and the Hoel Law Firm paying people's bills for over two years. The two-year anniversary is coming up this month. Um, we decided to make it a little bit more tangible by doing some things in the Detroit area as far as physical land. So visit the website, monstrologycoach.com, and click on membership and just view, read up on the New RE Land Project and um, see where you would like to get in. Um, the bare minimum, we're dealing with property, and we're also dealing with actual lots, and the lots will become community, what they call urban gardens. And even if you can't physically make it there, um, the goal is to find lots that you may want to buy yourself, and then we actually maintain them. Uh, or at the same time, too, the land that we get is stuck in community farming park um, um, on the land where 
um, you will have this. You may have a 10 by 10 space on this acre, and you have your own community farm, and you send us the seeds or whatever, and then we mail you your food. You know, you take care of your own mail and get your food to you for you and your family. And that's spirituality. That's what the that's what the church, the spiritual component is supposed to do for the community is supposed to help feed people. So not only do we help children go back to school, not only will we continue to help people pay their bills, we will also now help feed you. We went backwards. We did the hard stuff first. You see what I'm saying? So now it's time to help feed you. So if you're on a computer, again, call me at 818-369-0368. Visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. Click on the events tab. If you have not by now, sign up for the mailing list because the things that we're talking about today can help you change your frequency of thought. I'm holding that under secret. I want to just tell you all what the prime minister is doing, but I can't blow the whistle. But just know he in the lab working on perfecting this thing um, that we're talking about to get you to change your chemistry overall. And the new things that's coming out, you know by email, all right? And tune in on our show um, Thursday the 30th at 9 p.m. when we talk about the language of marriage. Um, myself, the Prime Minister, and, and Sheikh Ahmed Muhammad. And like I said, click on the radio tab because every day is pretty much something going on now. Tarot Tuesdays with Keisha, um, Brittany on Wednesdays, and Cassandra on Saturday. So, again, if you're on the computer portion, we're going to go on overtime a little bit. We can only hear me on the phone. Got a few more callers to get through. 818-369-0368 is the number. I'm back with Naima. Bring it on home for me, Naima. So what about the 12th house? You there? Now you move. You there? All right, I'll come back to you. I must have, must be on mute or something. Five seven one eight three nine. You there? I'm here. How are you, Ampu? Yeah, I'm well. Very good. Good, Ampu. Um, I just have a question. Um, I was listening to you today. I really don't have a clue in terms of astrology. I'm not very um knowledgeable about it but uh-huh. um and so i guess what i wanted to ask would be i'm a cancer i'm dealing with the leo and things don't seem to be going right and i don't know if this is the right time to ask this mm-hmm. question because you're dealing with some deep 12 house 11 house things that i'm not quite mm-hmm. clear or understanding so i didn't know if this was the right time or right show to ask these type this type of questions so yeah. i just wanted to find out. Mm-hmm. Well, I would need, it's something else going on. It's not necessarily Cancer Leo. Um, it's other factors that we need to look at in totality when we look into the chart. Everybody are born with 10 planets at least in the chart. Uh, and, you know, so now we're looking at, you know, you know, different components here, 10, 10 planets versus your 10 planets, how they geometrically set in these angles and what's going on here. So um, that's a better question if you call in Friday. Uh, if even if you miss Friday, definitely call in Tuesday to Keisha's show um, if you can get in. Um, but for me to see it, I have to pull certain things as far as both birth charts to give you a better idea of what's going on. Um, however, I can give you some tools real fast. Um, what is the day that you were born on? What day is that as far as the number? What's the date? I was born on the 24th. Okay, and what about him? August the 1st. Okay. All right. Now, 
this thing it's not this not too bad. So you're born on twenty fourth one. All right. So um this relationship has a Neptune feel. And um the here what you have to do is um it, it's really about spirituality. And if two people are not on the same accord and the relationship doesn't have that spiritual feel to it because it's like it really ain't got nothing to do with physical stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual bliss, really. Um, the negative aspect of illusions kick in and what we start to feel as deceit, deception, and we can't see them clearly. Um, one thing that you can do is if y'all have spiritual principles or things that y'all do together, you immediately need to do those things, and then you need to specialize a day. That day will be Monday for this relationship where Monday is the conscious day that y'all consciously, you know, put in the effort to do something spiritual to revitalize the relationship and strengthen the bond of the relationship. So I guess the question I have for you now is do y'all have a spiritual cord with one another where y'all practice the same thing or pray together? Well, this is the, well. This is what he's been trying to get me to do, and I, ha- I, you and I really need to talk. Um, I'm having mm-hmm. some issues, I think, within myself that I really, really, really um, need um, some help in. And I okay. hear, um, I don't know if you ever heard Miss Blue, but I've heard Miss Blue say a lot of times yeah. the alarm is going off, and um, my uh-huh. brother told me. Um, because my phone always makes these noise as I'm on it, like energy, and it makes these noises in the net. Um, it seems like your mm-hmm. alarm is going off through your phone. So he 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 is a very spiritual minded person, and I am too. But mm-hmm. um, um, I don't know how to express this, Andrew. Um I I emailed you my number, so I'm waiting for you to call me. So maybe I can go into a detail. But he is a very spirit minded. Okay person he's a Muslim and um he's about prayer and, and right thought. And I can I'm having some issues in my life with me personally that I okay. need to I'm sorry? No, I said okay, go ahead, go ahead, I'm listening. Okay, so I so I guess you and I just need to talk because I have to clean I think there's something going on with me um, right now that I really need to discuss with you. So I emailed you the number. And when I hear from you, I hear from you. I know you're a very busy person, but I appreciate you. I am in the Miracle Prayer Prayer, and that's where I brought up the question. You told me to email you my number, and I did that. So um, the Miracle class, I mean. So I, I guess okay. you and I will talk at some point. Yeah, we will. Do, do me a favor. Send me the email again. I don't know what email you may send it to. If you're in the Miracle Prayer class, that's fine. Send it over to that email network at my astrology coach, and I'll go check it. And uh, I'll okay. definitely call you. I will. Just remind me. Thank you so much okay. for all the cards. You're, you're, really yeah, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Okay. All right, I got um one one one. I'm coming to you. Eight four eight. You up? And then three one three. You the last one. I see you as well. Uh, look like we're going over to Skype or something. One one one. You there? Hi, hi. It's Anne Marie from London again. Hey, Anne Marie. I love hearing hi. from London. What's happening? <laughs> That's really sweet. Thank you for that. Thank you. I probably um, needed that energy, but thank you. Um, I'm on the same page now because I've got my um 
birth chart and everything else. But, you know, just a little bit of clarity, please, Ampu. Um, I understood, and it was funny, because now I have, um, I have Leo in my 12th house, so you've already explained that to the other course, right. which is great, so I'm not going to take much time off, of your, off yours. However, just a little quick question. You know when it says about daddy issues? In, uh-huh. Is that uh, uh, the enemy we were talking about? Uh, well, based off Leo being on a 12? Yeah. Um, it very well could be. Give me one second, one second. Yeah. Okay, all right. I had to make sure the prime minister was straight. Okay, so we 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 basing that off of Leo in the 12th? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I got the chart and I was able to sit down and I was able to do all of and catch up on everything, if that makes sense. Because remember okay. last week, I didn't have my um, time, if time. that makes sense, yeah, which I is remember. fine. Yeah, and I remember. Yeah, okay. so, um, that, yeah, that so, um, could be, it could be, but there's other, that's, see, that's what I mean by the oxymoron of astrology, right? Like, like it yeah. could be, but it don't necessarily have to be because your son and Saturn, which usually denotes parental energies for me, um, um, they can be in favorable positions, and that may not be the case with you. So it's other things that I have to see. But that is, the, we can say, we look at it like a crime scene. We see that right there. We can say, okay, well, daddy, daddy, we can't see daddy too clearly. Daddy potentially was doing drugs or drinking or maybe something deceptive. Now let's go look and see what the sun is doing in your chart, and then we can put it all together from that point. But we, that, that's preliminary work right there with Leo on the 12th. Okay. Right, okay. Well, to me, the, you know, with you and your dad. What's the relationship like? Well, we didn't have a relationship because we ran off when we were, I was five, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a lot, lot of things. So when it came up, I thought, hmm, yes, this makes a lot of sense. Huh. Right. Sorry, jump in there. Yeah? Um, so that, mm-hmm. that, that I smiled. But also the 11th house, and it's got Virgo. I've got Virgo in my 11th house. Okay, right. So friends that are critical. Well, Oh, oh, okay. Is that what that means? Eleventh house is yeah. friends that are critical. Well, eleventh house is the house of friends, and Virgo is a sign of critical analysis. So you may have okay. friends who are too critical, too judgmental, or you may give the energy off like you a little bit too um, judgmental. But these are friends who pay attention to details, or you to surround yourself with friends who are about working together in some type of group to better humanity. Um, or you will find your sense of friends when you're working with groups. You see what I'm saying? Not necessarily your friends you grew up with. Maybe it's some friends that you meet at work or friends that you meet in some type of organization that's better, that's trying to help humanity, and these become your friends. Okay. Okay, so the 11th house is friends, yeah? And Virgo energy. Yes. It's work okay. service, yeah. It's just work and service, yeah? Okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Thank you, thank well, you, thank you. And thank yes, you for taking welcome. the call as well. Oh, thank you, Andrew. You're very Blessings. welcome. Okay. Okay, right. Bye-bye. All righty. I think I fell in love with the UK accent. 848 what's happening? Oh, hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty hey, good. Hey, what's good with you? 
I'm doing well. Um, I'm just uh, getting an understanding of the charts and everything. A uh, great lesson today. Um, Thank you. So in the middle, yeah, in the middle is like the sun, right? And I see one, two, three, four, five, all the way to twelve. Right. Um, and those the houses. Mhm. Right. Those oh, houses. okay. Cool. cool. All right, and I'm a Virgo, uh, so I'm looking at uh, the Virgo. It's total left on the um, on eleven. Okay, that makes sense. Um, hello. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so now what? What else? What? Um, so it's on. Um, what is this? Where is it again? Um, oh yeah, it's the moon. It's it's uh, I have a moon there, I believe. Moon where? In the eleventh house? Well, actually, no. It's a sun. It's a sun four seventeen. Four. Sun in the eleventh house. Yeah. Oh wait, actually, sure. no. That's the tenth. There's actually thing in the eleventh house. Yeah, there's no, the there's 11? nothing there. Yeah, but then on a ten, there's a, there's a, a sun four seventeen, but that's still in Virgo. Mhm. Um, so what's the question? So, oh, so I'm just trying to get an understanding of um, like where I would be right now in that, and then to see um, how does that apply to my relationships and business and. What what I should be doing um, spiritually right. cultivating, well, or if maybe there's right. an right. well, it, it's it's a little too deep for me to get into this segment uh, because I don't see it. I, I have to see it to, to, to you know there, there there's several different components there um, that's taking place like relationships. I gotta immediately go to the seventh house, or I gotta go to Venus, or I gotta you know what I mean. Um, the same thing with the spiritual aspect. If it's in the context of if you know these things. You know what I mean? Like, you, you still don't necessarily know yet. Like, if you know, like, yo, I got this right here, and this, I can instantly tell you, like, bop, that's what that represents. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So I'm not, it's it just, it's too much. But you, you, you're you perfect for a Friday show as well. You just got to call in early and be that lucky, be within that lucky top six, I would say, um, to get a free reading, man, where I can, we both can, you know, Keisha can go in and I can look at that in totality and be able to answer that for you. But if you know what something is, anything, you can pick one thing right now, but you got to know where it is, I can help elaborate on that for you. Well, I know the sun, uh, 4, 17 degree, third, uh, 3, is in the Virgo in the 10th house. Um, okay. But there's nothing in the 11th house. So that's fine. That's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. It don't have to be anything in the 11th house. Because that 11th house has a constellation that occupies that area of space, and that constellation has a planet that rules that, and that planet is somewhere in your chart. And that tells you how you tap into that 11th house frequency. You see what I'm saying? So it can be empty all day long. Planets, yeah, it can be empty. So if it might be Libra, because you got Virgo on the 10th, it might be. 
depending on how your chart is. And if Libra is there on the 11th, then it's the same thing. Friend, your friendships and relationships are synonymous, but it's a kind of a homie lover friend type of thing where it may not be so serious or some element there of uniqueness and weirdness because of that 11th house is friends and it's not necessarily lovers and partnerships type of thing. The, the, the constellation Libra wants the relationship, but the 11th house says, I like the relationship, but can I have some freedom here? I want to be friends. See what I'm saying? So they become a little bit of an oxymoron, just a little bit, but they're compatible. We just got to understand that your relationships is uh, centered around having great friendships with the person. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, call the show. Call in Friday so we can really get into it because I, I see where you're going. And you need the self-activation workbook. That, that'll help you dearly to remember these things, and you have to write them. Things. What house is your son in? My son is in the 10th house. What does the 10th house mean? It's career and ambition. What sign is, is in Virgo? What does Virgo mean? I work hard and pay attention to details. Therefore, if I work hard and pay attention to details and work on my personal hygiene, I'm likely to be successful because success is a key word for the 10th house. So you start figuring this stuff out by activating yourself. That's what I created the self-activation workbook for. But you're perfect for that because you're starting out to remember yourself. You see what I'm saying? But do that and also, like I said, call in Friday to get the free part. Well, uh, I'm about to get that book. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. All right. You got it, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Two more. I think I'm going to D- Detroit. 313. What's happening? This is Alicia. Hey. Hey. Hi. Um, you used my example. Early. You used my birthday earlier, October twenty fourth, um, as an example, and um, I happen to have Scorpio yeah. in the eleventh house, also Venus mm-hmm. and Mercury. Could you speak on that, please? Yeah. Are they in Scorpio too? Venus and Mercury. Yes, Venus, Mercury, and the Sun is in eleventh um, house, Scorpio. Oh, Scorpio spell them in the eleventh. Um. Okay. Well, let's see here. Um, powerful friendships, loyal loyal friendships. Um, Venus and Scorpio is considered a detriment and is very um, revengeful in the sense that if somebody um, betrays you in a relationship, you're probably going to do to them what they did to you, if not worse. Um, it is a, an indication of sexual secrets. Um, with friends, somebody as a friend, if they square that energy, um, they could try to sleep with your man type of thing. Um, but the high side of it is it's highly metaphysical. The people who you involve yourself with, as uh, especially on the love aspect, on intimacy, um, these people become uh, they're, they're just great friends. And then the relationship also should be centered around helping being a part of some type of humanitarian group that's about change or, or some type of – it could be about scientific inventions, too, uh, of technology. Um, Scorpio here in the 11th house, I think that this is a classic – send me a naked picture. <laughs> that's what that is. The 11th house is a house of technology, and Scorpio is set. So it's like, hey, send me a naked picture. That's what that is. So, um, but it's, it's computer love, you know what I'm saying? It's the old school computer love type of thing, but it's really talking about the power and loyalty of a union um, that represents excellent friends. Mercury there wants to talk about it, 
And this is highly um, metaphysical, highly. The 11th house is technology, astrology, uh, intuition. Mercury and Scorpio represents, you know, Scorpio is the most deepest sign of the zodiac, so it's the one that wants to uncover the truth of everything. It is the sign that rules psychology. It is the sign that rules forensics. Like, who wants to study why somebody died and accurately figure it out? Like, oh, hey, this person died because of poison C14 was in the blood. Like, that's what Scorpio is. You see what I'm saying? So it gets yeah. to the truth. You see what I'm saying? So these things are integrated inside of your friendships. So you got powerful friends. You will meet powerful friends, and you too can invest money with groups of people as well. So I like it, especially with Venus being in the 11th and the Scorpio with joint finances. It, it, has a, it, has a, it has a financial play with friends, groups of people. So that's great. And probably if y'all invested in the technology sector, y'all would do good. Okay, because I am doing the online store right now. I'm trying to invent a put together an online store. That's what I am focusing on, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about Taurus in a Scorpio uh, compatibility? I'm kind of bumping heads with. Um, yeah, it's going to bump heads because y'all saying the same thing and don't even know it. Um, it's an opposition point. Um, and the way this person want to do something is, the, you know, they want to do it this way, and it, it, it becomes opposition. The key is learning how to, who's going to be masculine, who's going to be feminine here, who's going to be, who's going to know when to just say, you know what, uh, I don't feel like it today. You know what I'm saying? That's what the opposition does. The opposition really is supposed to balance you out, but at times it can be a conflict in how you are seeing um, reality. In this particular case, when it's Taurus and Scorpio, um, these things are rooted in finances. Uh, good thing you are a Scorpio in a sense, but the Scorpio person can try to maybe use sex as a power mechanism to control or influence the situation. Uh, that's why you like see it's a seductress type of thing. Um, and hey, you know it, it's what that, that's what it is. Um, but y- y- y'all got to keep in mind finances are on the table here, and y'all trying to do something great. And I think with business partners, and especially in unions. Um, when finances are evolved, um, that sometimes we're going to disagree about the approach or what should be done. But we have to, because Scorpio and Taurus are both fixed signs, so they hold on to things. We have to not hold on to the disagreement and allow that to go, and someone has to um, succeed. Someone has to let it go and say, all right, go ahead. It's your, it's your vision. You're the pioneer on it. Or possibly take turns. Last time we went with you, I went, I got it. Or I tell you what, we're gonna flip heads. We're gonna flip we're gonna flip a coin. The best out of three win. You know what I'm saying? Uh we have to lighten it up sometimes because these two energies can just become stubborn as a bull and vindictive as a scorpion and poison you when you ain't looking, type of thing. And we don't want it to get to that particular point. Um and you, and that's what I'm saying, relationships need to identify um so much that I'm gonna bring forth in twenty fourteen and inner secrets of how this works. Relationships need to identify the day of the week that best serves their interests uh, and the angelic force that governs that and incorporate that day. And no matter what spiritual system they work with, the day is the day. They need to incorporate that day. That's one technique. And then people need to understand that relationships is 
there's a birthday, and the birthday, in this case, I'm not talking about the anniversary or the first time you had sex. I'm talking about the energy that exists in between two people. So if this person is born in October and this person is born in November, when's the birthday? You know, there's a, there's a meeting point where energetically the spiritual child that y'all create called the relationship, it sits right there evenly at, at our beckoning call and wants to be activated, and we need to know that day every year, and you celebrate that day as well, you see. Um, so when is the day of birth for you and the Taurus? Uh, my birthday is October 24, um, 71, and he is uh, May 1st, 71. All right, so it's the same thing. It's like that last call, it's synchronicity. She was the 24th, and then her mate was the first. So it's the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a Neptunian feel, and Mondays is the day. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what y'all got to work with. Y'all have to work on that. And him being on the first, he, he feels he the son anyway. He number one. You better do what I say, and I'm a man. How about that? Do what I say. Yep. Scorpio is that's like, it. hold up. Don't nobody control me over here. I do all the controlling. You know, that's Scorpio. So, you know, it becomes a, a clash. Y'all, gotta, y'all, y'all have to get off of that. Because since y'all opposition, that means the sun is in two different places and they oppose each other, y'all need to get off the sun. We just identified that Monday is the day, and y'all need to get on lunar energy that says, all right, let's get off the egotistical aspect of being the boss and controlling. Let's get into how we feel and how we can tap into also the ancestral plane to guide this union. Because the minute that y'all stay in y'all individualities too long, y'all start to conflict with one another. True, true. Thank you so much. Makes sense. Okay. And if you're into the archangels, yeah, you're welcome. If you're into the archangels, Gabriel is the one that helps you out in this relationship. Okay? Wow, yes. I just had a dream about that. and uh, But it was Gabriel. It was a girl. But it was a weird it dream. Is. But that's that name came to me Gabrielle about is. two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. That, that's, 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 that's Gabriel has always been depicted as a woman. They depict him as a man, but Gabriel is a feminine energy. That's a woman. All right. So uh-huh. she came. She only came to you then to verify what we're saying now. You see. So that's why she governs your relationship. She wants you to invoke her on Mondays as as the source to guide you in this in this union. Wow. Thank you so much. Huh? Wow. Makes sense. All right. You're very welcome. All right. All righty here. Nine seven three as promised. Nine seven. I'm sorry. Nine seven two. What's happening? Hey, um, I'm cool. This is Trinity. How are you? Hey, what up, Trini? Trini, Trini, gal. Uh, Trinity. Trinity Storm. Oh, Trinity. Okay, okay. What's happening? What's going on? Peace. Um, uh, thank you for uh, taking me. I know I'm. Late. Um, someone dropped the link in, in and everything, and it's, I just wanted to get in right quick. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, how the sun and and uh, Saturn in my fourth house uh, of Aquarius, um, and I'm conflicting with my children, uh, trying to do mm-hmm. the right thing, um, and I also have a uh, Chiron in the Moon in uh, the fifth. But the uh-huh. Sun and Saturn are um, opposition, Pluto and Uranus in, in Virgo in the 11th. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Where, is, where is the Sun and Saturn when you were born? Are they close together? 
Uh, no, it's uh, 10, uh, uh, 10 degrees in Aquarius in the fourth house, and Saturn is five. Oh, Lord. Now look, at the, look at the synchronicity here. I got the moon at 10 Aquarius, and I got Mars at five Aquarius. All right, so you got a 10-5 frequency in the fourth house. Yes. Okay. Now, take me to the next part. I'm sorry, I had to get that. All right, now, now what you got? You got the moon in the fifth. Where's your moon at? Is that in is that in Aquarius or is that in Pisces? It's in Pisces. You got it's the exalted the moon. I love that moon. What degree is that moon? Is it very early? It's twenty. 20. That's all right. No. Okay, 20. that's fine. Yeah. So you got the moon in the fifth, and you got Chiron there too. Yes, Chiron is sixteen. Okay. Now you was about to tell me about some Virgo energy. What's going on in Virgo? Well, that's in the eleventh house. I don't. Is Queen Cunts the the sun? It can uh, absolutely. Uh, Mars, Mars, Pluto, and Uranus in that house. Oh God, Jesus yeah. Christ! I and, know. It, and is that a and is that a one fifty to your sun and Saturn? Yes. Oh Lordy. And and then yeah. it's in opposition to your moon? No, you got uh, that. Mars is in opposition moon to is. my moon, yes. Mars is. All right. Mars is. Definitely. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. All right. Um, yeah. all right. So, so, all right. My first question is, what is the relationship like with Daddy? Uh, I put Daddy in jail a couple of days ago. Oh, God, Lord, tell me it ain't true. I would like to say, God, 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 don't play that. All right, so you put Daddy in jail a couple days ago. Okay, now, the reason why I picked on Daddy is because that is the classic, classic, classic parental karma marking right there. A lot of the father energy has to be resolved internally from you to change some of the experiences that you're going to have that ultimately deals with your success. You are you have male energy around you from the ancestral realm that communicates with you and and uh, either do two things: either a help you be successful and want you to be successful. But at the same time, too, potentially could be limiting limiting your experience and have some type of karmic pull on you, but that's probably not the case when you have a physical father who you put in jail who fits the bill here. Um, but my thing is, what's going on with the children? Oh, wow, the children. Uh, I have a daughter. It's, we are constantly at each other's throats. I moved back okay. with her. Uh, she's pregnant. There's a lot of love uh-huh. going on. Right, because um, she's a Pisces. You got Pisces on the fifth, which could she, represent a, a lion-ass child or very gifted and spiritual, a, but they could be a liar. She's uh-huh. a cancer. Okay, so she's a cancer. You got Pisces over there. Um, so that could be potentially a trine-off. And, and, and with that, what potentially takes place with the cancer energy is A, depending on the degree of her cancer energy, she too is at a 150 from your Aquarian energy, which is not good and don't have anything in common. And at the same time, she potentially trines your moon, 
which makes her the masculine part. It makes her it makes her the authoritative figure when it comes to you. In yes, a sense, that's how she kind of that's like right. I'm her child. That, that's right, absolutely. absolutely, because her son is on your moon. So she's like, yes. hold on, moon. You revolve around me, and the only way that we know the phases of the moon is based off the sunlight and how it's reflecting, you know, how, how the sunlight she is hitting the moon. Oh, my God. She wants me to clean up after her, cook after her, keep, keep right. her son. Right. I mean, right. and I don't mind. Right. I help my children, I, but mm-hmm. I'm not your slave. And, but I see right. her struggling. I see her, like, right. disappearing. Right. There, there's a reversal. There's a reversal energy there. Um, that that that's gonna take some serious work right there, and it has everything to do too with your father relationship, obviously, as well. Some things that need to be amended over there. Um, that that really requires, okay. you know, something as in depth like that. It really requires a one-on-one conversation okay. as far as different okay. techniques okay. to use. The, the the best thing I can tell you to activate now. This is for everybody. Prayer can never hurt nobody. Uh, it can only help you, and you can dedicate at least 10 minutes a day. Some sages say you dedicate an hour a day straight um, to changing the circumstances that surrounding the person to help you out here um, just to bring the spiritual light inside of it. Um, so prayer is free. Prayer is, you know, it's a universal force. It's the most powerful force there is out there. It's just a matter of us truly believing in that force and if we can get the change, the results that we want by simply praying. Sometimes inside of our subconscious, we really don't believe we're that powerful and, and God is that merciful to, you know, we can affect that and have that kind of change. So you can start right there. Um, but, you know, everything else requires a little bit one-on-one that deals with the removal of negative energy. If it's ancestral energy, there's something to do on the day of the new moon that needs to be done when the sun is up for us of releasing of some things. Spiritual baths may be at work here. Um, understanding the relationship between you and your daughter with the dominant energy and then start how to approach that type of thing. And then also, too, um, understanding that she has her own unique personality where she's probably not necessarily ready to evolve and step up into being the best person that she can be at the time because we got to go through we got to go through our adolescence so to speak of development um, where we kind of almost got to give them room to do what they need to do so they can figure out who they are um, in a sense so it, it's just a lot you know um, but if okay. you need us just. Um, visit my astrology coach. You too. You can call in for a free reading, so we can get a little bit more insight in it. Um, and you know, Keisha can help prescribe some things as well. If you call in Friday at ten forty-five sharp East Coast time. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Okay. All right, Keisha. All right, folks. Uh, that's why I wanted to say something about that about that oxymoron thing um, real fast, and then I'm, I'm gonna get out of here. Um, um, the oxymoron with with yeah, when you look in a chart, right? Um, we got all these different factors. So for for an example, when you say, well, what's going on with my money? Then I say, okay, cool. Then look at the the, the planet on the second house cusp. Um, the 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 Constellation in the second house class, and then let's go find that planet that rules the constellation. So that's 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 a one two step, and then you, what if you were born with 
planted in the second house. Now we have to configure that. Now that's three steps, that's just being in the house alone. Now these planets that's inside of that house, they're making geometric angles called aspects to these other planets. That's the fourth step, we have to configure that. Now let's go back to step two when we located the planet that ruled the second house. We have to look at the geometric angles that that makes to the planet. There were five steps. Now let's just deal with the universal principle though. Venus rules money. So now let's go look at the planet Venus. They go to six steps. Now when we're looking at Venus, we gotta look at the house she's in and the aspect she's making. They go seven. Okay, let's try something else. Let's go look at the zodiac sign Taurus, because Taurus is ruled by Venus, and wherever Taurus is, that absolutely has a psychology about your money. So there's at least when I just did those, but I can condense them down to three different methods. We can look at your second house ruler for money. We can look at the universal ruler of Venus or where she is, right? And then we can also look at the constellation of Taurus because that's the psychology of how you're trying to tap into that Venetian principle, wherever that is. So bare minimum, minus everything I just said, which you really have to take into consideration, those are three different things, and that's how this thing becomes, to a degree, confusing to people a little bit. But these universal, my point is this, the universal player is not in the correct place. And when that happens, you're in trouble. In a sense, some work needs to be done. And even when they are dependent on the nature, let's look at the last caller. Beautiful. Saturn is in Aquarius, and that's at home. Saturn's in Aquarius at home. So since Saturn's in Aquarius at home, then energy is amplified, but it's too close to the sun. And when that happens, then that automatically let me know that I got to deal with what's happening, what's going on with that. See what I'm saying? So even when they are at home, then, you know, the energy is just uh, over amplification. So when that happens, when the thing is too loud, you got to learn how to turn it down. So in this particular case with frequency, we need to know the corresponding opposite to balance that out. It's like what? Yin, yang, salt, pepper. Right? So that's where we at. By identifying these things, I can immediately take this thing to the body or the corresponding frequency of what's going on, and we need to start overriding that old frequency that is really being played inside your consciousness. You can't hear it. I ain't going to say what you can't do. Most of us can't hear it. There is a universal sound to everything. There's an overall tone that we hear. Um, but we need to rewire the frequency, and that's that's what we that's what we on. And y'all just wait, y'all just wait till the prime minister come, and uh, we we break out this new amazing technology and um, program to help us rewire the whole frequency of the central nervous system uh, to have everything flowing. You see me on chakra, and I got that thing on. I can say that proudly. Uh, and gracefully by the will of the creator has showed me a technique through Qigong where if I fail the aura chakra test, I can do certain techniques that, for me, it works and gets me circulating. I want to share those techniques so so people can get on the aura chakra machine, and if they fell in, they can do these techniques to get the chi flowing, and then they're going. And I also want to say that physical health and spiritual health are not the same. And I don't even think they're related. How about that? And that's a big statement. And the reason I said that, they're only related when you bridge them together. 
but they're not related to one another in a sense. Because I give you a case, case in point. I know vegetarians who eat good, who are in physical shape, but they pass shock, they fail oral chakra testing. Chakras are low. Aura is all all these colors in it. It ain't one solid, strong color, and it's not even big. But yet they're vegetarian and they're in physical shape. Spiritual energy-wise, they're not. I know bigger bone people who may not be in the best of physical shape, but spiritual energetic-wise, chakras and auras, is beaming. Now, who's in better shape? Neither are in better shape. These are two totally different things within the body. Sure, you want to be in the best physical shape you can be in. Who wants to get winded after just walking up their house stairs? That makes no sense. You carry in uh, a chair upstairs and you all winded. That's retarded. Who wants to be in bad physical shape? Nobody because the physical body starts to decay on you and disease starts to kick in and surgeries and all that stuff starts to happen. But who wants to be in bad spiritual shape as well? where the aura is small and there's a lot of confusion going on in your life, energetic-wise, chakra-wise, it's not flowing. You know, like, who wants to be in that predicament as well? Nobody, I would think. We, the mind, exists in between these states and all states, and we must learn how to merge them all together. Hence, these soul seven planets and 12 signs of the zodiac being composed inside of the human body, we have to learn how to merge them together and learn how to rewire the circuit and rewire your circuit board. So that is it for me. I hope you all enjoyed this series. I'm going to leave it up for a little minute. Join the email list, um, the things I'm doing now. You know, I mean, I've got this book um, dealing with the, 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 um, the miracle prayer and the myth and matriarch, dealing with the whole science of that. Um, just a lot of new things that's coming out that require my time and, and have to work on these presentations and things. Uh, so the things that I'm doing, I'll be doing some things I just don't have the luxury no more at the moment to go in uh, from 11 to almost 3 o'clock on Sunday um, straight like that. So I'll be just spitting inside of the recorder um, and making it available via MP3, and the small contribution from you will be greatly appreciated and definitely going in the right direction of what we're doing. Again, visit the website, My Astrology Coach, click on the events, um, sign up and, and enroll in one of the magnificent programs we have. But most importantly, take a look at the new ARI land project and see where you can get in, where you can fit in, and we can start feeding ourselves and our family and ultimately uh, a community at large. And, and um, with that, man, I love y'all. I thank y'all for the support. This has been a phenomenal. I think this is show 27. 27 weeks I've been doing this Ampoo Law straight. Uh, it's just now time to move over into different directions so bigger and brighter things can come. And to stay by the email list, sign up for class. The class starts February 7th. If you want to learn astrology, man, learn it. Get it. Let's do it. Let's share it. Let's do it. Um, you know, the class is there. Uh, you know, we'd be at the Inner Peace Lighthouse in Denver. A lot of stuff going on, man. So with that, man, um, peace.